a record of the delightful piece they're going to play this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Hey everyone, I'm your host here at Rec Room Radio, Solo Rec Room, and I have my co-host here, Hazy Dialect. Hazy, you there, man? Yeah, I am uh, Hazy Dialects. Uh, Hey everybody, Solo Rec Room, Uh, nice to see you again, again. And uh, Mm -hmm. your favorite, your favorite, uh, Schizo Essie is is here to uh, chop it up and uh, discuss various topics with um, my co-host here. Oh yeah, and let's not forget our first featured guest on season one, episode two, the one and only, the man, the lift, the myth, the legend, the absolute goat himself. We got our boy Slater in the chat. Slater, what's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good to listen. I'm 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 honored and privileged to be here, man. So thanks for having me. Come up. Hey, man, a privilege of mine. I'm glad that you're on our stage of us, man. And hey, like I said, good to see you. Thanks for being our first guest too. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Would you mind giving like a quick intro about yourself? Some people listening in first time hearing about you. Hi, man. So Slater, uh, born in Brooklyn, New York. I moved out to Jersey when I was uh, at, uh, 13 years old. I've been here ever since. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a teacher's aide by trade. I'm a musician at night. Um, and um, I love hip hop music. I love helping people. We're going to get into all of that. I'm a big sports head. Um, I just want to leave the world better than the way I found it, man. You know, so that's oh, yeah. where I'm at right now. Good shit, good shit. Absolutely. Where can you they find you, uh, yeah. um, Slater? Say that again. Where can they find you for all the things they want to find, such as like your podcast, your music? Where would they go to? Okay, so uh, for my music, it's Mr. Slater Beats. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to get all that stuff put together right now. I got an album out. Off my new uh, my my latest album was actually a year old, which will be in a couple of in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Deep State album, it's really dope. It's called the Lead by Example. I did all the beats on that album, so if you guys want to check that out, it's Deep State Lead by Example. And uh, you know, if you like raw raw hip hop, man, from like that '90s era, that '90s early 2000s era, that's what it is, man. And also, I got a podcast called uh, We Have Opinions, where it's just me and my co-host uh chance legend and we talk about we talk about today's issues and uh we try to make jokes out of it man. And things that bother uh you know young men uh you know anybody from today's era just and we just we just try to throw popcorn at the screen man you know so i we i do a little bit of everything but music is my my first love and i'm trying to get that off the ground right now my name one new to your podcast what episode would you think is the best one to broach to like get a really good understanding of like your podcast and what you guys do. If there. you want to get to, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. If you want to get to, um, if you want to get to know me as a person and like my dating habits, I think it would be me. There's an episode where we talk about who dates single moms. <laughs> I forget what I know it's season one, but I forget what episode it is where I talk about dating. Well, how dating single moms is the greatest thing in the world. Um, 
I, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just, a, um, I remember in the beginning of the podcast, we talked about my mother and her, her, uh, her fish tank and how her fish died. And I, like I, had, I said a little prayer about it. Cause that's all she talks about. She doesn't talk about any of my accomplishments or anything that happens with me. It's mostly just about like her fish and my little brother. So, so we started with that and then we went into single moms. So I, we, you know, like I said, we, we poke fun at a lot of things, everything from, everything from dating single moms to what the rent would be like if you lived in Gotham city and to all type of stuff. We, you know, we just we throw opinions at it. Some of it's serious. Some of it is not too serious. So it's, it's fun, man. All right. Uh, nice, nice. Uh, thank you for the introduction. And, uh, most of us uh, have been listening to hip hop for quite some time. You know, hip hop is finally reaching like the fifties in terms of its like cultural zygotes and like the consciousness and people being aware of it. And it's been sonically a part of the landscape for quite some time. As a chameleon to some degree, since it's not something that has, um, I, I, I would call one unifying sound. In fact, a lot of places have different sounds like the ATL or like the boom bap sound of like New York and all that. When it comes to like hip hop and the question I would like to like pose to everyone, um, what do you think is like the most impactful element of hip hop? Um, there's, there's a different, the older I get, you know, you know, I just, I just celebrated my birthday not that long ago. The older I get, I feel like there's, there's every part of hip hop is impactful. It just depends on what level of the spectrum you stand on. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I, if, if you ask me, um, I am a, I'm a, I'm a boom bap head. That's the music. That's the music I grew up on. That's the music I make. That's the music that draws me to real lyricism, real poetry, real understanding of who I am as a person and where I grew up. You know what I mean? It, 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 it hip hop has taught me to not, to love everybody, but to not trust the system, to, 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 to look around and enjoy where you are, but always question the next step of your life. And, and that's why I am being a man that has a disability himself, you know, hip hop has also taught me that, you know, growing up with a disability, just, just because you have a limitation doesn't mean you are the limitation. You can be better than the limitation. If that um, makes sense. So if you want me asking, um, what's it called? Are you familiar with Aerosmith Walk This Way by any chance? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I always hear, I was watching this cool interview where they're discussing the same question that Hazy asked, and they were talking about how that song came out around 75, and during that time period, like, there was a lot of stigma built up between, you know, rap music, uh, country music, all the things like that, basically being like, you know, if you're in this certain group, your people listen to this. So if you're white, you listen to country. If you're black, you listen to rap. And then here comes Aerosmith doing a thing with um, Run DMC, where he says, actually, you know, we could do a cool collab together. And that song ended up breaking, like, you know, 100 Billboard, I believe, and just being hella influential and, like, you know, crossing a big gate guard, if you will, where it took down the gatekeeping where, like, certain people listen to certain things. And it was one of those songs that was like, oh, cool. This has both rock and rap in it, basically. We can, yeah. we we come in a, not to cut you off on that because I, I know where you're going with that and that you're cooking. I think the thing about we as humans are flawed, right? Yeah. So the first thing we look at is our differences before anything else, and the first thing that happens when you have these conversations 
is it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we, we go into our tribal modes, you know, because you look at you look at hip hop, you look at rock, all of these things are black influentials. Right. So it's like, you know, you got you got Run DMC, you have you had like you said, you have Aerosmith, you have all these guys and and it's it's music, man. It's music. That's what it is. It's supposed to bring mm-hmm. people together. So when you have these guys making influential stuff, it's the pinnacle of what hip hop is. You know what Hell I mean? Yeah. Hip- Hip hop is a is a is a, and you don't even have to be a fan of Aerosmith. You don't have to be a fan of Run DMC. You just have to be a fan of good, good music that's gonna you know that makes you feel something. That's what life is about. It's supposed to make you feel stuff. You know what I mean? It's it it's one of those things where you don't you know I don't have to like Miley Cyrus, but I know there's certain songs that'll make if I listen to it long enough it'll make me feel something. You know what I mean? Music is supposed to make you feel something, whether negative or positive. And hey, that's, yo, shout out to Katy Perry. That's my girl right there. Fireworks. That's, and that's how you, yeah. And that's how you, and that's how you know, like, yeah, that's how you know, that's how you know when music means something to you. I used to be like that though, Sola. Like, I used to be that guy that was just like, all right, I'm only listening to this. This is, I'm only listening to hip hop. This is, I'm only fucking with this. But no, it's, you know, there's certain, there's artists where I'm like, man, I, I, I need my, I need my, um, I need my voice to man. I need my I need my Katy Perry's. I need my I need my Garth Brooks's. Depending on you know, depending on where I'm at or what I'm doing that day or whatever. I um I got done listening to Neo about an hour ago. So like, you know what I mean? There's it. Oh, nice. You have to. It's it's where you are in your spectrum of the game. You know what I mean? And and that's how I make my music. That's how I make my productions. You know what I mean? Hip hop is always gonna be my first love. But you're more of a well-rounded person if you listen to other genres of music, because that's where you know where your music can go. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where you know you can push your limits. I think people underplay how much influences definitely do inspire or like um, produce a level of creativity that you never could have imagined prior to it. Um, if you listen to a lot of earlier Travis Scott music, you notice the heavier influences of like Kanye West and Kid Cudi, while now his sound is like almost unidentifiable in that regard, songs like Pissing Your Grave from um, Rodeo still gives you a strong inflection of Kanye West's cadence and like personality and bravado. But all this to say that I think people really shouldn't be um, all that concerned about whether or not your influences leak out of what you create because eventually you're going to see what you can do to creatively push that idea and concept as you would reiterate it. In fact, I would say that creativity to some degree is a different iteration of like how you would personally express that ideal concept. So that makes a lot of sense. I, we have to and we also have to stop we also have to stop saying, you know, this is old or that is old. It's just music. You know what I mean? Like hip hop too is especially like I've I've had this conversation with a lot of hip hop like a lot of hip hop fans my age, right? Where it's like hip hop is the only genre where you disrespect the people who um, who came before you. Like I I I'm dying to meet Eric Sermon one day. I'm dying to meet um, I'm dying to meet Busta Rhymes one day. Right? Like those are two of my hip hop heavyweights to me. Right? You know. But if I were to bring that to to one of my former like to my students. Like they wouldn't know who Buster Rhymes is. They wouldn't know who Eric Simon is. 
because to them they're old, they're they're outdated, they're not what they listen to. You're making me feel old later. <laughs> this guy, no, come for on, real. Uh, really, for real, for real. Like I, I work with middle school kids, and and if I brought Buster Rhymes to my middle school, like you know, that's and it's also it's not only it's not only it's not only a genre thing. It's more of a it's more of a cultural thing with black people too, like certain things where people it's just it's just old you know what i mean it's it's and i think uh, and, but when you go to when you go when you listen to country music man or you listen to like garth brooks you listen to you listen to um florida georgia line like you got young white kids listening to that it doesn't matter how old they are you know what i mean like and there's a different pers- dis- disparity there like you know what i mean certain certain kids are just like this is old. unless you've grew up in that and grew up in that household where Nas was being played or Jay-Z was being played in the in the late 90s going into the 2000s like where your parents was teaching you about that you you didn't really get that as opposed to other ethnicity groups or other other genres of music where stuff was being thrown around the house like you appreciate it a little bit more we have to teach our kids to appreciate all genres of music and leave the gatekeeping out I think it's interesting that you bring that up um, in terms of the discussion of generational um, respect for prior existence. I think to some degree there is that within the black community. However, I think that's due to the adversity of some of the environments that some people find themselves in, whether that be the harshness of some New York areas or just the downtrodden nature of some areas within Philadelphia, naturally necessitating some independence to be invoked into the individual. 100%. It's harder to to, to be behest at this when there's a lack of that sort of like inherent community in nature with um, some of those communities in which, yeah, there is the era that came prior to this, but it's harder to um, behoove yourself or be malleable to reasoning when at the same time in some communities, it's a more of a lone wolf mentality in some regards so oh yeah of course to be, to be like oh to respect this when what i'm supposed to respect has provided me um very little in some regards so yeah 100 no, percent. it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to have a it's hard to have a generational conversation about music with younger people sometimes because it we certain people um don't have the pulse of the younger generation just like younger people aren't expected to have the pulse of older people we have to meet in the middle we have to meet in a place where people can understand where people can come from and have those conversations do you um, believe in like an objective musical like yeah this music music's objectively better than others so an example if you were to play like on a wu-tang clan or nas basically and then you have younger generations like playing lil pump and stuff like that I don't want to say or compromise and be like, okay, Lil Pump, that's just their generation, is as good as Nas was. Because, like, we I all can't. know, even if you're an old head, you know, like, Nas or, like, Wu-Tang is not... That's, like, a different entire ball league, you know what I mean? It's, you got yeah, more... Yeah, you I, got I, poetry. Can't argue, I can't argue with younger people about how they feel about their music, because it's theirs. I can't take that from them. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah, like, I mean, just, like, just like older people, like, I can't take... I can't take um earth wind and fire away from my dad and my stepdad you know what i'm saying it's music music is a time capsule that holds the test of time i you know you just weren't in that time period that's all unless you want to go back in time and take and take that time out just just like now so right more people 
in this generation are going out and getting vinyl vinyl records. Vinyls are on the rise because people want to learn about this stuff. People want to take the time out to understand what it's like to hear that crackling sound on top of the music. You know what I mean? And to to, to mm-hmm. hear to hear the beautifulness of surround sound crackles. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like no, hundred percent does. My it's mother. All, it's all about how you. It's all about how you interpret your music now yeah like i'm not a i'm not the biggest fan of of a little pump or any of that type of stuff but that's theirs now if you were to ask me these questions like five years ago or ten years ago i probably like yeah fuck these young kids but again all that comes yeah all that comes with all that comes with experience and and knowledge of self and and knowing that you know even even in in the little pump age with these, you know, with these kids now, like wait, wait till they get older. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be the same thing when another young rapper comes out, and it's gonna be some shit that they can't understand. It's gonna be the same thing. It's just a revolving circle. But the fact is, that it holds its own test of time. Some stuff holds out longer than most. You know what I mean? Just like certain TV shows are always are like, even if they reboot it, you're like, yo, this is not this is. This was never like the, the the original. Like the original was way better than this. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time is um is RoboCop, the first RoboCop, the when it came out in like 80, 85, 86, or eighty eighty six or whatever. Um it it pales in comparison. The the first twenty minutes of the movie pales in comparison to the entire movie that came out in two thousand ten. But that's I mean, the, the, does that take away from the second movie, no. It just it's just a different movie in a different time period. You know what I mean? With today's really? with today's uh, standards on top. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Two things that I would I like to bring up. Yeah. Um, I do believe that there was a time period where a lot of movies were being recreated and for a modern generation, and I don't think that RoboCop as a movie gets enough respect, at least in most modern iteration of that movie. But I also wanted to add on to the point first about, one or the second one. Uh, first one. Yeah, the the first one is it's it's obviously like a legacy, um, but I believe that some movies creatively plateaued to some degree. Whereas the biting commentary about Detroit and the pervasive nature of like, um, like what was happening around there, um, politically speaking, is is not the biggest part of like RoboCop two and three. Like they become more grandiose in nature in terms of the action and the conflict, but in terms of like the parallels in which they drew the commentary from aren't as substantive. Absolutely. I was they watered down the message with the new RoboCop too. They, like it's like the OG RoboCop. That shit was about you know a guy who was like has a suit, and you have these big corporation people being like, yeah, you know, target these certain groups of people. You need to take them out. They're the thugs and criminals. Only for him to later figure out like, oh, the actual criminals are these like big corporation guys. He's head of these corporations. They're corrupt. Yeah, authoritarian, yeah. authoritarianism and all that. All mm-hmm. that and they and took and that shit out of the 2010 movie. They watered down the message and they made it like some personal life thing. And I'm like, why? That's not where well, RoboCop they, they tried, is. No? Well, they tried to do. They tried to do both of those things at once. Because if you remember in the first one, it took him a while to realize that he was really a person, right? Even even in the second one, when they had the birthday party for him, they brought him home, and he couldn't really figure out what was going on. It was it's the same thing, but they like you said, they watered it down. They didn't they didn't make it they didn't make it as real as it was supposed to be. Meaning, like in like the first part, the first the first twenty minutes of the first move, the first RoboCop was like those dudes were ruthless. 
Like you couldn't have you couldn't have this guy standing in front of five five criminals getting shot at but execution style. They shot through his Kevlar and then reloaded. Could you couldn't you couldn't have that now. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't re you couldn't re you couldn't even re recreate that without people freaking out about it. So like that's the other part about it too. The times have changed. As opposed to the second one where like a car explodes and then he turns into Robocop. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's 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 the way we look at the world now. It's the way the world is reacting to certain things. It's I do think that the remake did have some positive moments within it. Um that had good graphics, I'll give it that. That really good graphics. The movie, yeah, the movie was dope. In terms of um there's an interesting scene within it where he discusses how eighty thousand volts is going to like shock this man and basically categorification and all that. But it's just kind of the commonality of what could occur when you're using a taser and it's a very fascinating moment of like he two people who are uninformed about how a taser works, this might sound cold hearted, but what he's really doing in that moment of time is just reading off like the the commonplace harm that could come from a taser. You mean uh, for the him, you mean the first and, one or the second one? No, I'm pointing, I'm, I'm I, I was speaking towards the remake and how I think. Oh, the remake. The remake. Like, like, of the I, remake yeah. I, I think I do think that the remake had some good moments within it, but I was going to point out and to to the point earlier that was a question that was asked earlier about objectivity in terms of music. I think objectivity in music goes as far as the replication or letting to like play like Bach in some way, as well as um. You know, learning the music of the land to to be informed about the replication and to understand a fifth or um, certain musical notes and how annotations work sometimes and how suspenseful a note can be and that can bring you knowledge. But in terms of its positive or negative value, I don't think we can ever discuss that because there's something inherently being invoked in one emotionally speaking. So there's a that's the subjective like quality that is always imbued within music. Objectively yeah. speaking, I don't know if I can ever prescribe a number of value, unless you're just asking me my personal opinion about that. However- I guess where I'm coming from is that when I was younger, I was in you know band for high school for uh, basically from sixth grade all the way to senior year. And a lot of that, especially high school, I started like reading against like musical theory, got into jazz, started listening to people like Duke Ellington, People like, you know, Chet Baker, like these basically guys who are like really musically talented and like classical music. And I was like, Slater said he was like five years ago, kind of like a snob where I thought, you know, oh, if music isn't classical or if it's not like, you know, really sophisticated jazz, then all music is bad. All music is like garbage. That's not these things. Because I was looking at it from a very technical musical theory lens, like saying like, oh, can he play this piece and, you know, this key A minor, can he play this piece and this can't play it by three, four, stuff like that, you know, just going on and on. And like you said earlier, you know, once you actually listen to things, and I feel like what I give credit to rap for doing a lot is that you have people like MF Doom or like the OG people and some of the newer guys too, where they find a way to have like almost poetry with their raps, like they're telling a story basically like that. That's what it was supposed to to be about, man. It was supposed to be about turning turning the system upside down within poetry telling people to go fuck themselves if you weren't from here but you had your own way of doing it and i think that's i think that's the problem with a lot of people people don't read into that they look at the negativities part first you know what i mean like like yeah you hear people say like oh hip-hop is violent it's always about gangbang drugs you know yeah. fucking stuff people like who that say stuff like that aren't really listening to people because they don't want to listen 
They don't want to yeah. listen. They want to listen to our comments. They haven't listened to most deaf. They haven't listened to a Tali Kwali. They haven't listened to a Black Thought. They haven't listened to a Words of Five Nine in terms of his like. Yeah, you haven't listened. And, and that's the other thing. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Stuff like that and stuff like those artists you just mentioned, you have to dissect them. Just like movie, just like movie actors and movie directors, you have to dissect why they do certain things. One of my favorite, one of my favorite movie directors of all time is Spike Lee. Why does he do those? Why does he do those? Um, oh, what do you call them? Why do you do? Why does he do those flashbacks? Because he's trying to show you what things were like in the seven sixties and seventies. Why does he do the rolling cart? Because he's trying to show emotion about when a person is going through things and the world is moving slow around them or moving fast around them. There's there's methods to people's madnesses when things happen. Same thing with Nas. Same thing with same thing with Big. Big was trying to tell you shit was going on with him. That no one else that no one else was going through. He before he before he was murdered, he was thinking about killing himself. He he said it in the last song of um Ready to Die. He was like, I'm I'm just I'm thinking that like if somebody's out here to kill me, I might as well just kill myself now. He says it. So like these are these are things that people, these are things that like, but you have to dissect these things. People look yes. at people look at songs that Biggie said, like who shot you? You know his 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 song when he was you know coming at coming at Tupac and they were having their beef. They look at that and the violence behind that and yeah. not listening to the whole story. You know what I mean? So it's that's where I think black people and black culture gets a bad rap. But when you look at this, when you look at the situation, because again, there's more to hip hop than just the music. There's the fashion. There's the graffiti. There's the break dancing. A lot of those things get the the back burner to this. But that's, you know, hip hop is one of the most successful and profitable um, genres in, in music today. And I think that's that's the other part that gets watered down. You know what I mean? Because you like corporate, you know, going back to what Sola was saying earlier, you get you get corporations getting into it. Now everybody's got their hand in it. Everybody's got a YouTube channel. Everybody's got a a, a SoundCloud where they can just upload songs. And, you know, but that's, you know, and I think it kind of waters down people who actually like make lyrics and do those type of things but but again every everybody has a moment in time everything has its own time capsule i think uh Syn- syndrome said it best uh and, and it plays into that idea um and two artists i think um parallel to what i said before uh, as well as well pa- um patrick stump soul punk released in i believe 2018 said um the positive of society is that everyone gets a, everyone has an outlet the bad part is that everyone gets to have an outlet. There's no filtering. There's no. There's no boundary in which someone could produce a work in this sphere in this time period, which is great since voices we would never have heard of, who would never been able to refine the sound, now have a barrier of entry in which they can create and inspire to do something better. The also bigger problem is that everyone now there's a. Um, there's a there's a proliferation of sounds that are unimaginative or uninspired and are leading to or desiring to capitalize on what sonically um, is doing well, thus leading to saturation of a sound where it could have been around for a long period of time period, but then things become derivative, such as a baby goth, who admittedly was um, a, a manager, was changing and altering her sound and her vision of how she looked to capitalize on what trap sounds were doing during the early 2010s and um to to 
um, ensure to maximize profit and that sort of degree. But that's, that's been a problem yeah. as well as as long as um, music genres have existed. But I wanted to bring up this point I thought was kind of interesting about what you said is that intricacies of music and nuances are often lost on the individuals who are looking at something from the outside in. Kiss, Metallica, and The Who can all be considered all the same music if you're not someone who is infatuated with rock. Or similarly, a Trippy Red, a Lil Uzi Vert, and a Juice work can all be considered the same thing if you don't really entrench yourself into what is being created currently sonically. You, you have to dissect what you love. You can't, you can't, you can't. If you love something enough, you, you want to learn more about it, period. That's it. Or if you don't, you're just going to put everything in its own little box and it's just going to stay there. You know what I mean? If that, if, I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but like, that's how I look at it. Like, you know what I mean? And, and I was but again, toward, yeah, I was speaking more, mostly I was speaking to the volume of the idea of, um, you know, people who say things like, uh, this particular sound or music sounds the same or the uneducated idea of uh, this sounds the same unless you like really are entrenched into that music or that genre. Sure, it all can sound the same unless you are really an avid fan of the music and you can put it again going band. back to the whole. But again, going back to the whole Baby God thing, right? Like, and I'm a fan of Baby God. I follow her on Instagram. Really? She's, yeah, she's a she's a she's a pretty face, bro. She's a pretty face. Who's who's that's that? How do you get? How do you get? Put it like this: How do you get younger white males that don't understand hip hop as well as other people might to 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 jump in? You get a you get a you get a you get a tattooed, yeah. You get a tattooed young girl, who, who does pretty much the same thing that most of the other rappers are doing, but just in a more feminized way, right? Just and it's, and the same thing with same thing with the little Kims. Little Kim was supposed to be in your face, but she was she was feminine, but she was in your face. She was sexual, but she was in your face, and she could, and she put out good music. It's just it's the same. It's just the same things. In different contexts, everything has its own little place, and you know. And again, is Baby Got the Plant? You know, uh, the jury's out on that for that. You know, a lot of people say yes, some people say no. But you know, but the point is, people use people use music as an outlet for business, music, uh, business, um, um, all type of things, relax, relaxation, and it just depends on where. Where you sit in that on that tree of 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 the umbrella of music to hone in to hone in on um a little bit more of the hip hop discussion, I would want to like um there's a question I would like to ask um the both of you in terms of like hip hop albums where you where you understood and finally got the appeal of it all, what was an album that just became um, a repeat listen or something that you just became enamored with in terms of oh hip-hop. my god so <laughs> I don't even want to I don't even want to um, my first album that I ever got I got as a I got as a Christmas gift from a friend of mine uh, one of my best friends um, uh, DJ Clues The Professional Volume 1 that was the first album I ever was handed to because um, I, I I you know CDs had just were just being this big thing and and I think it was my I think it was like 
I think it was around my my 11th birthday, but I got it for I think I got it for Christmas, and that was my first gift. The first gift I was ever given was was the was the DJ Clue professional album because that's when you knew you were a rapper. And DJ Clue was the type of guy that was was getting five, six, seven rappers on one track. We talking four minutes, five minutes, five minute songs. Most of it didn't mean anything, but like you had hard hitting, you had hard hitting lyricists on one song. You know what I mean? So for me, um, anybody who anybody who can tell a story like like Sola said and be poetically poetically hard hitting was good for me. But um, evidence from dilated peoples is one. Um, let me see. MF Doom, like you said, immortal technique. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Immortal son. technique is another. Um, let's go. We can do we can do the Jada Kisses and the and the Styles Peas. We can go. Buster Rhymes is one of my favorites. Um, um uh, Eric Sermon, when he you know, when he not only his his lyrics, his lyricism, but his but his uh but his production. That's what he's the reason why I make beats now. So like there's a there's a whole lot, man. It, it, and and again, I used to be of the elk of this is what I like and this is where I'm staying. But like the more I dive into stuff, I understand why there's a West Side Gun. I understand why there's a Conway. I understand why people like uh, um was a was a Flatbush Zombies. You know what I mean? Like that they may not be my cup of tea, yes, but they sir. those guys zombies, yes, sir. <laughs> those guys deserve to be here because. They they tapped into it. They tapped into a generation. They tapped into a generation that 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 hip hop opens up to. You know what I'm saying? Just like any other music, man. Like like like, as much as people want to talk bad about, you know, you know, because hip hop was really big on like the anti gay movement. But there's a there's a there's a strong there's a strong gay movement in hip hop too. Like, it was a rapper back in the '90s called Caution. He was he was dope. You know what I mean? People, but people, you know, didn't want to dive into his stuff because, it, you know, I think, I think nowadays we, we're in a, we're in a, um, we're in a more tolerant world and that's what we need to be in. You know what I mean? That's how, that's how you get ideas out. That's how, get, that's how you get education out through ideas and, and understanding. That's so, dope. Uh, what album um, speaks to you in that way? What album that is like your immediate album that comes to mind when you think of hip hop? So I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about what's it the sorry vinyls. This yeah. is like a very close memory to me. Um, my mother had a bunch of vinyl tracks, and I was listening to them, Bob Marley stuff like that, and I was like, all right, that's dope. And I didn't really touch it. Then she got me a vinyl for Kid C Ghost, uh, Kid Cudi. And that was fresh when it released. She was able to get hands on one for me. I remember listening to that album nonstop. And just, you know, that is my go-to album to this day. I just love it so much. It's between that and... I don't know, it's just... I always liked people like, you know, Jimi Hendrix or Grateful Dead. That, like, psychedelic-esque feel to the music type thing. And Kids See Ghosts, like, really just revelated that for me that's why i love that album so much i know it's like a lot of people don't like like it as much like ah, it's mid but i'm like nah it's actually pretty good i enjoy it, it again a lot a artists are a lot you know and, and as a producer myself a hip-hop producer myself like i get really upset um when certain artists don't pick my beats right it's because 
I'm like, man, I'm, I made certain beats specifically for this particular artist and they didn't pick it, right? But again, everybody has a different ear, just like Sola said, you know, certain things yeah. touch people's ears in different ways. So you yeah, can't... Yeah, well, a lot of people, they don't like Cuddy, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, I just rather listen to Ye, I'd listen to Kanye. And I'm like, nah, but Cuddy, he got some good shit, though. Like, yeah, to me, yeah, growing up, Cuddy was my guy, definitely. There's like, a, there's, Yeah, because hey. Cuddy speaks to you in a way that Kanye can't. You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. there's a... There's a way. There's a way. Kanye. I love Kanye's music too, but it's not as on a personal level. You know, you guys get what I'm saying? Like, there's rappers, yeah, yeah. artists, it's like on a personal I, I, level. I, I, I speak to, to, to speak to K. Cuddy, I think what makes K. Cuddy uniquely different than a lot of rappers is the idea of unbrass and un, unequivocal sorrow that could be described in the song. Usually, if there was an artist that was creating around that particular time period of 2010 to early 2000s that did dip into sorrow, there was really uh, some level of braggadocious, some level of vengeance, some level of payback that was supposed to be expressing that vulnerability rather than just simply being a bleeding heart within that nature. Exactly. Um, well, you know, like, you know, tough man game type thing. And like you have Kay Cuddy over here dropping songs like Mr. Rager or, you know, things like Ghost. And it's just like he really. Was, he was the first know. artist. He was, I feel like, in my opinion, he was the first artist of you guys' generation where it's like, it's okay to talk about your feelings and not, and, and, not like with no need to caveat the emotion with something else of like well i got success well i got fame no it was more like an example like for example um story to my life is literally him just talking about um, yeah soundtrack to my life man that's a big that's a big part of um that's a big part of somebody's life being being spilt onto a onto a onto a onto on wax. You know what I mean? And you have you hold the test of time in your hands. Like, you know what I'm saying? So for me, one of the greatest albums for me, and a lot of people may not agree with me for this, is um evidences uh the weatherman LP. Like a lot of people don't, but just the way that's you know, it doesn't even have to be about the 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 content of the music. Just away from you know, from a music producer standpoint, like the sonics of how how gritty he made evidence made his beats while he was making the album, like, and and how, you know, at the end of the album, he's talking about how his mother had passed away of cancer, like, and she was um he was a photographer and she was a uh, actress, like just the way he just the way he constructed the story and he had, like. You know what I mean, and put things together. It's like wow, and I and I fell in love with him not only as a, not only as an artist but as a person, man. Because he's he's so withdrawn, but he's so powerful in the way he talks. You know what I mean? It's 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 very it's very crazy. Um, well, I like about yeah. Just one last thing, and then sorry about that. You good? Contract to my life. Yeah, that song. As I would argue, that's one of the few songs that actually brought me to tears when I was listening to it because I have a. I remember as like a younger kid, basically, I grew up in a pretty abusive household with a father and then later becoming absent. And it's weird. You have this dynamic, basically, where it's like you had this person treat you like shit. But now that they're out of your life, it's kind of like, was I not good enough? You just rejected me like, you know, you got bored of me, like, you know, doing things like hit me and shit. But like, yeah, you hear like Cuddy and then he does song. um, What's he talks about? You know, what's that line he talks about for his dad? He's like... Ever since, what's it? 
He says, like, ever since Mafara died, I ain't been right since. And then he goes into it more and more. And end, if you know Cuddy, he had a pretty shitty dad that did the same thing, beat the shit out of him, and just left. And then, like, he has a course, you know, I've got some issues that nobody could see. And then it's like, him oh, yeah. all these emotions yeah. are pouring out of me. Each and then, the line, yeah, the line that brought me to tears, though, had to be, you know, and I am happy, ain't that the saddest lie? And then him saying, you know, I hope I see myself as a sacrifice so the other kids out there don't keep themselves up at night. Like, you guys can't tell me that's not poetic. That's not beautiful right each, there. Like, he was, each, I felt like he was artist, speaking to me, you know? That's, that's why he speaking to me. Each artist is their own. Each artist is their own poet to the world, right? Everybody, like, like, like again, my, my music may not touch you in a certain way, Sola. But there may be somebody else that I that's in my crew that may do that. You know what I mean? And and you just have to find that you just have to find that person to get that to you. And Cuddy was that for you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not everybody's gonna not everybody's going to understand what Immortal Technique meant or an MF Doom meant or or who or or even a, um or a James Yancey. You know, rest in peace to Jamie James Yancey. But like we have to understand that like. Everybody has that, you know. That's what hip hop gives you. It gives you a smorgasbord of different types of of different types of 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 artists to to interact with. If you're in the conscious stuff, like you said, you got the, the Tyler. I hope this is a weird question for both of you, if you don't mind me asking. But Go ahead. do you see like hip hop as a genre as being a coping generation for every? I'm sorry, a coping mechanism for every generation, and like you know. You had NWA era was all like tough, you know, we out here for survival. And then you had like later eras, you know, like, hey, look at me flex my stuff. Look at my, I'm actually made it, you know, I made it ma type stuff. And then later on it just goes like each generation things like, you know, clout chasing. Like, Hola. do you feel like that's why some things connect more? Because me, I always was like, why I see some rappers, like, I connect more, like you said, to Kid Cudi. Because of stories he tells, I, I connect more to it because I lived through that shit. I love Wu-Tang Clan to death, but I wasn't, you know, gangbanging. I wasn't in those areas, you know. That wasn't my time or generation. I well, they respect well, music. They, well, let's, 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 let's throw away that notion right now, because they weren't gangbanging either. They, they were telling a story about them living on the block, but they weren't gangbanging. It, yeah. Again, everything has, about that. everything has its own time capsule, right? Like you said, NWA, they were living in the middle of, you know, South Central and... and and all of those things you 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 remember uh public enemy and and what they were going through coming into coming into the music scene like a lot of that stuff is about black empowerment um moving within the ranks of how you get you know how you uplift your community how you bring your community to the forefront it's a little different now because now it's more about you know, emotions and, and drug use and depression and stuff of that nature. And you can you hear a lot of people my age who are kind of like, oh, I'm not really into this stuff. This isn't really my bag. But it 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 talks it talks it talks to a lot of kids because kids are going through that. Kids are going through depression. We're understanding what what it's like to to have anxiety and 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 having to take pills to just go through the day, like when you have artists saying these types of things. Yeah. And I'm, the older I get, I'm understanding that now. I can't I can't knock a kid for liking something because he's trying to get through the day with with his music. You know what I'm saying or her music. I can't I can't I can't do that. 
it's very interesting working with kids at a middle school. You know, it's my day job because I get to ask them questions about their artists and why they listen to them. It makes me angry when I see artists or I see kids wearing T-shirts of artists and they know nothing about them. Like my <laughs> students will wear shirts of like Aaliyah, right? But don't know any songs, right? Like I'll, I'll literally stop them during the day and ask them. What, what oh, Slater, I thought Slater, I thought Dr. Dre was a clothing brand. I thought you're done. You're done. Straight you to the principal's office. Or you get kids, or you get kids, or you get kids who wear shirts like um Boys in the Hood, the Boys in the Hood movie t shirts. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh, I thought that was I thought that was a I thought that was a hip hop group. Oh brother. And you're like, wow. <laughs> So so again, you you it's it's a lack of education. It's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of. But everybody has that, bro. Everybody has that. I can't. I. The older I get, I can only appreciate the fact that they took the time out to go get the shirt, and they want to learn more about it. You know, as much That's as true. I beat them in the head over it, they want to. They want to know. Um. To me, what about you, Hazy? Yeah, the question I asked. Okay, so two things I want to bring up is, uh, you know, I'm super paranoid. Um, in, in, in Kit Cuddy's, um song, Soundtrack to My Life, he says, I'm super paranoid, like a sixth sense. Since my father died, I haven't right since. And I think this is very interesting. It's like, and I try to piece the puzzle of the universe, split an eighth of a shroom so I can see the universe. The idea of, like, trying to make a lot about, like, life or existence in of itself is such a hard thing to, like, put on yourself. Especially... I think it becomes a necessity to think about these things when someone who's supposed to be your guiding branch dies at such a young age. It's such an impressionable time of your life. But I also believe that the closing line within the song is very interesting, too. When he says, my heart's an open sore. I hope it heals soon. I live in Cancun, the opposite of Cancun. It's never sunny, the dark side of the moon. So it's more than right. I try to shed some light on this man. Not many people at the planet understand. And even in the song, he talks about like it's all been done and my cock's been sucked. This is during the time where his debut album is very successful, but he felt the need to write something like, you know, I suppose I'm supposed to be happy in this moment of my time in my life where I have success and it almost feels foiled or entitled to still express these emotions in a time period where I'm um, a very successful person. But it's important to um to even express these motions such as um you know our 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 people or celebrities who have left the world too soon because they felt they so they couldn't express themselves and even in music back in the day when we would have our LA Cujays, they would get close to like some expressing of uh, uh, vulnerability but usually it would be like a love ballad like I need love Jaru who was the R&B thug with a lot of his songs I wanted to bring it back to um, to answer the question, I just wanted to, I, I, I thought it was, I just wanted to speak on um, Soundtrack to My Life. This is a really amazing song because I believe that it's one of those songs that it's not really caveated in terms of like expressing these emotions since it's not like for the purposes of revenge. It's a, it's not done in the purposes of like getting back at somebody. It's just like, no, this just, this is just the pain I've dealt with. And so um, when it comes to albums that I, it's not my initial album. I would say that my favorite album, um, um, it, it, it's a battle, really. So there's two albums. The first album that really got me just enamored with hip-hop was when um, an uncle of mine had just given me an album, a black album. And so 
even without having listened to the entirety of Jay-Z's discography, I just felt like this was a veteran, someone who had like a legacy that was pronounced through the album without him having to reiterate all of it. But even the song, What More Can I Say, can emphasize that to you in more clearer terms if you were not familiar with him. When he says things like, um, when you break down, um, that I went platinum a bunch of times, I uh, animated like big Buster Rhymes, I'm supposed to be the number one on everyone's list. Let's see what happens when I no longer exist. And then the song just ends with an echo of what more can I say? It's such a fascinating song because even if you weren't around Jay-Z's music since its inception to now, you do feel like this is someone signing off with a project that he feels as though is fitting to leave on with so much he's spoken about as an artist in his time period. The other album that I would say that made me just say hip hop head, because while sure Jay-Z was an interesting artist and I love his music, I didn't really feel as though I related to him as much. So when it comes to an album that I would say wholeheartedly got me with his relatability and his story and narrative, it would have to be Kanye West's late registration. And that album is just an amazing project from start to finish. From I'm on my way home when Common speaks about home and what it is in the sampling. Um, this is my first album that I was really introduced like to some serious sampling. So it's it, it almost um, from Touch the Sky to and I heard him say how it just starts off with like this piano and you there's this weird feeling of like adolescent observation that is like unbridled in its nature. It's not it's not it's not. Mm-hmm. By any sort of expectation of like how the world is supposed to like make you think about that, or how you're supposed to feel about it, or how judgmental people become as we get older about speaking our minds, or what immediately comes to our head, like oh, can I get a job that pays me a minimum wage, and I know the government and minister aids, so I guess it just pray that the minister say awkward our bars, doing some hot cars, the things we see in the screen that's not ours, but these niggas from the hood, so the dreams not far. Like it's just it's such an amazing song and Alan B does such a great job to speak to us this um unaware like sadness about the current state of things that is like observed from like almost like a child's like understanding of things and how they're going on. And so the album to me is such a great um project from black music to um and if you we uh, major I want to talk over you. I, I wasn't sure if you. It may have been a, a little delay. Sorry about that. Uh, go ahead. No, what I was what I was gonna say was, and if you think about what you just said, like everything is everything coexists with each other, right? Like, like going back to going back to um, going back to what you said just now, and what what Sola said. There, you know, everybody has that struggle, like you were saying, like like um. Like for me, right? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you one of my favorite lines in hip hop. Came out not that long ago. Um, it's from my favorite artist. His name is uh, his name is Evidence, right? He goes, "If I'm on deck, I'm studying the picture. Hitting the ball is just a smaller part of the bigger picture, right? Following following my calling like a drifter. It's Mister pressing up bars like weightlifters. Like it's like." Again, it's all about struggle. It's all about what you see the world is showing. What you see the world is showing you, right? It's the same thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. We all have the same issues. We all have the same struggles. We all cry the same. We all bleed the same. We all have parents who we think don't give a shit about us. We all have, you know, we all have these weird, like, 
quirks about each other and how we deal with them. And I think the cool thing about a most, and, and you get this mostly with a lot of hip hop artists, right? They give you that on the individual level because what hip hop is basically individual, individual, right? Because like you know, it's not, it's not, it's not just that, it's not just the uh, um, drummer and, and and bassist, and they're just going at it. It's one guy standing in front of a microphone, telling you his lifestyle, his story, his lifestyle, or whatever, in a in a sixteen bar poetry style right and then go into the next song so so it's a so again going back to what you were saying and to solar like to solar's to solar's story that he was saying about his parents and stuff cuddy's a perfect example because cuddy was going through what solar was going through at that exact moment at that exact time you know what i mean in, in, in that exact setup um, one of the, one of the artists that, that bought, you know, that I, that I don't listen to as much, uh, Eminem, Eminem does the same thing. Eminem talks, you know, he, you know, any artist can do that type of stuff. He, 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 he talks to a lot of suburban white kids who, you know, are going, you know, or at least early in his career being, you know, being around those parents that, you know, that were not very caring about his well-being but he struggled through it you know and it showed you if you know if he's white and he can rap then you know other kids can do it so it's like a, so it's the same thing man it's it's all about what you get out of it you know what i mean it's all about what you believe your music can bring you you know what i mean certain yeah. artists are not going to give you that 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 warm and fuzzy feeling they're you know because they don't hit you at that moment and it's also about where you are in your lifetime as well at that moment yeah, um, to speak to another song that I thought was so great from the project in itself, um, Solas um, really made me think about something because some songs really make you relate to some degree, whereas um, problems that I was dealing with at home and questioning whether or not I should even be home, uh, to not touch too deeply into that, but it was the idea of questioning whether or not you could run away. Well, me and my family are all on good terms as of now. In that immediate moment of time, there was a song from the same project um, I'm speaking about earlier, the registration called My Way Home. And one of my favorite lines is towards the closing part of it. And it's a one minute and 34 second song, but the song goes, um, making sense, we hustle for change. Revolution in a game is another name for life fighting. Someone to stay in the corner like Mike Tyson. Heights fighting for hits to hide in the hell. But he know he can only get as high as he fell. Show money becomes bail. Relationships become jail. Children are unheld. What's love was a sell. Behold the pal. Horse got me trapped like R. Kell and a bell. And it may not be such a bad idea if I never go home again. It's an yeah. interesting, it's an interesting idea because even during that time period of, I can appreciate it as an as an adult, knowing that they're talking about um, success and like being on the road all the time and not seeing people you like were so familiar with. Um, but at the same time, it's like how home is so chaotic for him that the role might be a better alternative than even going home. For me, it was the idea of like the chaos that was going on at home and like deliberating whether or not I should go home, knowing everything I was suffering from at that time period. So it's a, it's a, it's it's a such a well layer song where you can relate to it in another way. And there's some lines that you can just um, 
simply think about and just peruse for long periods of time to really get to the the heart of the album of itself. So I I, I think this is probably one of Kanye's best uh, albums. Uh, obviously, musically speaking, like audibly, if we were speaking exclusively audibly, I would say obviously beautiful Doctors of Fantasy due to the um, ambitious. Um, music and sonically where he was going with it and i feel like it was a culmination of everything he was like experimenting with up to that point the, the static distortion of yeezus uh the sampling of graduation perfected um the collaborations he had been known for since um making albums from for people like cameron and purple Hayes. i think all these ideas and like skills he had been crafting up to that point really got put to the forefront with the adversity that he was considered um, ostracized by the community at large due to his bombastic opinions <laughs> that I believe that most people held at the time about, about Beyonce winning over Taylor Swift. So. He was also going through a lonely period in his life, losing his Absolutely. mother. That is so true. You, so if you throw you all that stuff you just said on top of throwing in the fact that he lost his mother on that, and again, his mother was one of his biggest biggest fans and biggest critics, right? You you factor mm -hmm. in the fact that then we started learning about his mental health. And how he couldn't, um, he wasn't able to cope. And then the Taylor Swift situation. And then you got Dark Twisted Fantasies. And then you got, you know, him trying to figure out who he was as a person. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so again, I, I feel like um, what's the, uh, the college dropout was like his introduction to the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when he came in, it was like, okay, I'm here. It's me and Jay-Z and the guys. It's me and Dame Dash. And we're going to do this. But then it was just like, okay, then you had late registration, he kind of figured stuff out. Then it was like, okay, now my mother's now my mother's gone. Where do I go? I can't I wanna push more envelopes, but I can't do it in this in this type of environment because I got these you know, I wanna I wanna be bigger. He never was the same after his mom died too. Like yeah. it's he wanted he wanted to be I I think in my opinion, he wanted he wanted to be he wanted to be in the same breath as Jay-Z. He wanted that whole, the bravado of it. So I think after his mother passed too, it was kind of just like, I'm just going to keep working and not, and nobody checked on him. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people were checking on him when he was doing his earlier career stuff. Cause you, you could, you know, you could totally tell in certain conversations that you had with him, you know, in his early career, he was, he, he was focused on what he was trying to, what he was trying to do. As opposed to now, when you sorry, go ahead. My bad. As opposed to now, when you hear like Yeezus, or you hear like the the um, not what's what's the what's the newest album that just came out? The one he the one he put out when he uh, Donda, huh? Donda is that his most recent one? Donda to me is just Donda to me is just a bunch of songs he randomly threw together. Yeah, it feels erratic. It doesn't feel cohesive. It feels erratic, but I think that's. I think that's I think that's where his mind is at at that moment. Just like I said about Sola, um, um, Kid Cudi hit him. Say, in the right time. Say erratic? Is that what you're saying, Slater? You, you are erratic. Anyway, <laughs> um, but it, but it, no, but the artist, but the artist, anybody can hit you in in a in a part if they hit you the right way in in, a, in in poetically. I mean, like not not physically, poetically. I mean, like uh, you know, anybody can inspire you. It just depends on where you are. At that specific time, like I can meet, I can meet a homeless person on the street or an unhoused person on the street, and you know, if I have a conversation with that person, that person can probably, you know, make me think about things that I've never thought about saying or doing. You know, to to you know, it depends on what that person says. It's 
it's the same thing with anybody because we're all human beings. I think we, I think we, we look at we look at Kanye as this like super being that can do all these things, but he goes through the same stuff that we all go through. You know what I mean? Like Busta Rhymes goes through the same stuff that we all go through. Busta was in, a, in an interview when he put out his latest out, his last album, talking about how um, he was almost on the verge of death because he was gaining so much weight and he was drinking like crazy and he couldn't breathe and all type of stuff. He had to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot. How many people have to, you know, artists are human beings too. Like we just, you know, we look at them as these, these demigods, you know, we call them uh, crazy because they do certain things. Like Kanye, Kanye's screaming for help, man. You know what I mean? Kanye's like, I don't, for Kanye, this is going to be a hot take for me tonight. I don't, I'm not on the same train where people are like saying like, we need to cancel his man to like oblivion and stuff like that. Like it, it's like he says later, I feel like he needs help. Like, a lot of the things he's venting is just stuff like his life crumbling around him and him he's, just like yeah, he's crumbling. He's, he's not in a and you and he's hanging around people who don't really he's hanging around people who don't really have his, his best thought process. Yeah, his, his, can I can I you know what I mean? Like you, you, a little bit. There's a difference. There's a difference between there's a difference between me having a conversation with Sola and me being like Sola. This is how I feel about X, Y, and Z, as opposed to. Him being friends with like, I don't know, Jay Leno and them being, you know what I mean? There's 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 levels to friendship. There's levels to money and power and how things work in our society. You know what I mean? These celebrities think that these other celebrities are their friends. They're really not. You no. know what I mean? And, 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 and I don't think, and Kanye more than anybody, I think anybody that we've named needs somebody that's going to steer. That's. He's not a child, but like you need you you need somebody, and he's you know when you're when you when you're not mentally, you know, and this is my opinion. I'm not I'm not a I'm you know I'm not a uh, um, what do you call it? I'm not a medical professional, but I feel like people who have mental illnesses need someone to just talk to, to just have somebody in your corner and say, hey man, try not looking at it like this. Try looking at it like this. And yeah. try, try to understand that you're that you're not alone in this situation. And I think his music is a good outlet. But when he locks himself for days on end, and then he's arguing with his ex-wife about the kids, and he's doing, he's he's not getting those kind of conversations from people, or he, or they're not giving him what he needs is what he needs is an ear. He needs somebody other than his phone, you know. Yeah, amen. But for Kanye, I guess he's interesting because you could always tell, like, from the get go. I don't know if you guys seen that Netflix, like, you know, mini documentary on him. Have you guys seen that yet? I have. Or yeah, I, I saw I saw pieces of it. Yeah, but basically, for people listening in, like, the beginning of the documentary, I highly recommend checking out. Is like young Kanye, and it's like his buddy who's like recording him, basically. And he's, like, trying to be an up-and-coming, like, you know, producer and eventually a rapper. And, like, they be doing shit, like, going through, like, his apartment. He has his smallest apartment. He has, like, a couple packets of mustard and not even food. And he spends all of his time just, like, pouring his heart and soul out into, like, his music, his beats and stuff. He's trying to flip and sell. And then there's a scene that really stuck with me where he goes to, like, um, some record label trying to sell some of the stuff to them. And they're like, hey, man, like, you don't have what it takes, basically. Like, you should look at changing professions, basically. And you see in the video, even a young Kanye, how much that mentally 
broke him. Because when you, as an individual, pour so much of your heart and soul into a given craft to be told that you shouldn't even be doing this, that messes with you mentally. And most of Kanye's life, I feel like for him especially, he always has paranoia that someone's going to stab him in the back. Always, you know, there's someone with a knife behind him. He doesn't have, he has really bad trust issues. And with, you know, what's it? His wife leaving and stuff like that, it just all just, his mother dying, it was a big house of cards falling down on top of him. And it's, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, should Kanye, we have a conversation about what he's talking about? Sure. I don't think he should be, you know, thrown to the gutter and forgotten forever. Because like, at the end of the day, like you said, these artists are still people. And it's just, they're thinking different from us. Like, you hear his music all the time. He says lines that are crazy. Like, you know, I, I see autism. That's my superpower. Stuff like that, you know. I fuck being normal. He talks about it all the time. He's like, yeah, I would never want to be like you. And then, what's it? That song, you know, I thought about killing myself today. And then he said, I thought about killing you. And I think about killing myself every day. So you best believe I thought about killing you. Like, shit like that. He says off-the-wall stuff. Like, whoa, man. Like, it's just... I don't know. To me, it's just bad. And, like, I don't think it's all, man. He goes back to the, think he goes back to the time capsule conversation. Yep. Everything has its... Like, again, you... You know, Onyx was, was one of the first hip-hop groups that I listened to. And I remember... They were the first hip-hop group that were cursing on records. And I remember one of the first lines in one of their songs is, I, I set a whole choir on fire. Now, mind you, you're talking to a kid whose parents went to church all the time and, you know, you set a choir on fire. That's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, it's just a, from a person, you're letting, you're letting your whole life out on paper and on wax. You know what I mean? The microphone in front of you is your window to the world. Again, he needs his outlets. Some of his outlets can be dangerous. His music can be dangerous depending on who he is by himself. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, there's nobody there for him. You know what I mean? Now, do I do I think he should be hanging out with Nazis? Do I think that he should be? No. But I think, but but I also think you going back to, you know, going back to what you were saying, Sola, every artist, including myself, has an ego, right? We all have egos. We all have a, that little ego in us. Like when somebody tells us, that we're not good at something, you know, even goes back to when we were kids. Like, you know, if a, if a girl you thought was cute and you wanted to ask her out and she called you ugly in front of everybody, that proves your ego. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a yeah. man who sits in his room, a man who sits in his room all day working on beats and then he brings his beats to the to the studio and then somebody is like, eh, you know, I, like I said, I said earlier, you know, I, I make, I make, I make beats and then when I give them out to artists, it's like, oh, I can make a I can make an artist ten beats, you know, ten beats a week or whatever, and then they only pick two. I'm like, fuck, what the fuck am I gonna do with these other eight? I I made ten of these specifically for you. It's like, but it's that's just how it is. It's a huge blow to the ego. But the same thing could be said for Michelangelo. You know, I many people probably went up to him and was like, Yeah, this 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 painting sucks. Or the this little air thing you made sucks. You know what I mean? So it's the Catholic Church did that. Yeah, they were mad because he would draw naked people. It's a human, and it was one thing that literally. Yeah, all these emotions and all this stuff is human traits written on paper form, and I think people um, don't really understand that a lot of it is mental. A lot of it is mental. You know what I mean? When I think Buster Rhymes said it best in um, on. Um, I forgot what song it was. When you're in that, when you're in that studio, and you're in that four, 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 four by four space, 
recording. You you know, you it's just you. It's just you by yourself. It's you by yourself telling opening the window to the world. That's what recording is. That's what music is. That's what you know what I mean? But that's any art form. Any drawing you make, any anything, you know what I mean? Anything art wise. You know what I mean? It's 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 you you taking pieces of yourself and throwing it against the wall and hoping that somebody says, you know what? This has touched me in a way that nobody else, like nothing has ever touched people. Like Kid Cudi, like evidence from dilated peoples, like like immortal technique. Like, you know what I mean? So like this is because we hold these people in so high regard because they have a piece of art. They have a piece of our hearts. You know what I mean? And and that's what music does. That's what I hope my music does for somebody else one day. I think that um, with Kanye West and all the accolades he's gone through and becoming a billionaire, having one of the most, um, one of the most um, desired shoes, one of the, the most dark shoes, and one of the most desired shoes out there with his Yeezy brand um, and creating a clothing line that is, for the most part, very visually divisive, but selling out anyway. I think to some regard, people look at him as someone who can do everything. Not necessarily, not in terms of, I think, in, in seeing someone who is as smart as Kanye West is, as I would say, I would go as far as to say, I would say he's a genius. He's absolutely a genius. But with bipolar and mania, and someone who's being very candid about him having these aspects, even before Kim had left him, she has spoken about how he deals with love and mania. And the problem with mania is how it makes you incapable of seeing the flaws in what you're doing. In fact, it almost makes you feel superhuman, as though you could do anything. And with someone with all the finances to do anything and to and to ability to get anywhere and to be a um, such such a desired voice within the media, uh, a pariah to some regard, a covenant voice that people want to hear from, they're going to let him speak unfeathered. Even when it's not the wisest, he's going to be supported by people who are not looking towards Kanye West for his mental health or where he is psychologically. Rather, it's all for the purposes of um, to be vetted, for verification, to to feel um, exonerated for their friends' beliefs. Rather than how Kanye West actually believes him or not. Because after this whole tour of him going city to city, talking about um these individuals we all know which ones he's referring to he just dropped off the face of the earth so this wasn't something he was really passionate like i feel like akin to this moment was when he ran for presidency no one thought he was able actually able to do it but this is a man on stage with the patriotic flag died on his head crying you know like hey guys i don't think the guy on stage is all right but people are so enamored and starstruck that they're not taking into account that this is possibly someone even though he's a genius i think the problem is that people create this dichotomy either hurt crazy, people hurt people yeah. hurt True. people hurt people right I think people create this dichotomy where you're either crazy or you're a genius and they can't like ameliorate um that problem that it can't be one and the same thing it's like no i would i would happen like People, I think people need to acknowledge, except more than that, that sometimes crazy people are are intelligent and are um, very high IQ. But we need to also understand that sometimes these um, episodes that Camus goes through is a instance of his um, of a psychosis. And so 
especially when you have people like Alex Jones looking at you like, yeah, you kind of sound a bit <laughs> like when you are. You know it's bad when Alex Jones says you've gone too far. Yeah, you know that's too bad. I don't know about that. Again, <laughs> gentlemen, you got to remember her people, her people, right? So, like, you, you, you're looking at a guy. They, Alex Jones knows what he's doing when you when you're picking a guy who's going through his biggest mental illness forever, and he just happens to say that he wants to run for president while talking about how people in the music industry are ruining his life, and that you know what I mean? It's it's just it's real convenient. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely believe it to be pervasive. I absolutely believe yeah, that a lot of real, people saw convenient. him in the medic episode capitalized. And again, I'm not I'm not excusing episode. anything that Kanye has done because I, I feel as if you can't walk some of this stuff back. You can't walk it back. You can't. But you but you also have to look from the time, like I said, from the time he put out um from the time he put out the college dropout album to now and where his head is. You know what I mean? Again. People grow and change and think their opinions change over time as you get older. Yes, I agree with that. But when you look at the way he goes from one extreme to the next so quickly as he did before, quicker quicker now than he did before, there's definitely some issue there about him and how he handles his business and how people around him just really aren't there for his well-being. And I think... Mental health is very important when we have these conversations because it's like, who is around us to tell us these things? Yes, even Batman, who lost both of his parents, had Alfred there to tell him, like, yo, bro, like, yeah, this Batman thing is cool, but you know, you got to rest your body a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you got to have somebody there to put you in a position to say, yo, bro, you got you to you gotta pull the leash down a little bit. Um, yeah, someone to have you tell them. One of my favorite, one of my favorite animes is Inuyasha, right? What was the one thing? What's the one thing? I don't, do any of you watch Inuyasha? There's been a lot of times I've seen that. I've watched, you? I've watched, I've watched Inuyasha. Um, what's the one thing that? What's the one thing that in you when 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 Inuyasha gets out of hand? What's the one thing that happens that, that Kagome does that keeps him in line? That, she tells him to sit, right? And he he plops himself on the ground. We don't have, and again, I'm not saying that we got to treat Kanye like a dog, but you have to, you have to put him like, you have to have someone say, "Hey, Kanye, man, you, you are a genius." You are, and that's the thing. We're we're partially to blame for this. The public is partially to blame for this because we feed the monsters. We do this for we do this for everything. We did we did we do this for Rihanna. We do this for Jay Z. We do these for. Like even Martha Stewart, when Martha Stewart got out of jail, what's the oh man, Martha Stewart out of jail, blah blah, blah. you know what I mean? And you throw, you know, you 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 know, she's doing all these commercials, and we we have this we have this society that's enamored with people who have some sort of negative connotation attached to them, but that's because we, because it brings because it brings more to talk about. If if everybody was helping everybody across the street. And we were nice to each other. There's nothing to talk about. You know what I mean? There's there's no positivity. Positivity doesn't sell because there's nothing to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, because then because then the end then doesn't doesn't happen. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Am, am I making sense, Sola? Yeah, you're making sense. I agree with you. 
I think we, I think we live in a world, you know. But I think that's that's our inherent nature as people, where you, you know, and I and and with my album that I put out with my boy, um, Magava Knowledge, we t- we talk about how you know, living in a world where you have people wanting likes on Instagram and all that stuff can be dangerous for young people. But again, that's that's where we are. You know what I mean? That's where we are when we, we're trying to get, you know, people to look at us. COVID was one of the biggest um, detractors of conversation and, you know, human interaction. You know what I mean? And, and now it's like, now it's like, oh, I don't trust this person. Even, even before COVID, you know, even in the early, like, you know, 2014, 2015, you started hearing people say, well, I don't really trust my neighbors. Fuck my neighbors, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't really, you know, back in the day, it was like, hey, I needed my neighbors to keep an eye on my kids while they were gone. You know, you you did something wrong in the street. You got your ass kicked by the neighbor next door. Now it's (laughs) like, oh, I don't want, you know, don't, don't, don't talk to my kid. Don't, don't, you know what I mean? So we've, we've gone away from a lot of the conversational pieces. You know what I'm saying? Even, even to the basic primal stuff of, of, of dating now. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't trust each other. We don't. We, we go out and we think that people are out to hurt us, and that's what Kanye's doing. You know what I mean? On a on a on a on a on a huge level in his mind. You know what I'm saying? And p- part of that is, you know, because everybody has that that part of paranoia. If you're an artist, right? Da, uh, da Vinci had it, right? Um, a lot of people have it because you don't know who to trust. But it's a bigger thing now. You know what I mean? With everyone. I want to ask a question too, leading into that. You brought up a good point. Do you feel that Kanye, in a way, with social media, that had like a more of an effect on him? Because I feel like he ended up getting in the wrong crowd. And excuse me for saying this, but they basically used him as token. Like he was their token force forward to be like, oh, we possibly can't be, you know, racist or whatever it is. You know, we got a black guy leading the charge, stuff like that. And like he fully believe like half the shit he was saying. They were just feeding that shit in his head and getting him to say things like that. And like think about it like this. All those guys, Nick Fuentes, you know, what's a Mileyanopolis, the moment after the Alex Jones podcast, like and everyone like just dropped the hammer on Kanye, they disappeared. They dipped. They collect their checks and left. They're like, All right, on to the next thing now. And like and I'm like, Okay, so it really shows you how much they cared about Kanye. Because the moment he wasn't, you know, usable no anymore, one they just in, no one in his corner saying, "Yo, Kanye, man, like, are you sure this is a good idea? Are you sure going on this podcast is going to get you?" Listen, Kanye's always Kanye's not a child. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to. But again, there's you always need there's there's always gonna need, you're always gonna need someone in your ear. There's always gonna the, the village that raises a child is a is a good analogy, right? There's there's always got to be somebody in your ear, man. Like, I remember when I, I remember when I made, um, I remember when I made the album last year, right? And I put out the photo, the uh, me and my boy put out the, um, the photo shoot for the album. I'm wearing a t-shirt that's got a nun. It's on my profile picture on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing, you know, the nun's got her, her middle finger up. My mom hit me up the next, like the next day. I was like, oh, no, no. and you know, I, I, I. I uh, explain my position. My mother's a very religious woman, but you, you know, I, you know, and we have our disagreements here and there, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, 
at least I have that part in my ear. I have somebody in my ear say, hey, that, that wasn't a good idea. Or, you know, maybe maybe you should have thought about it this way or whatever. You know, I don't think Kanye has any of that. And I think mental health has a lot to do with that. Because even in, even in a state like that, you need somebody to say, hey, man, this ain't cool. Or that's not cool. Or maybe you should have thought about thought about it this way. You know what I mean? No, nah, I'll be with you, Slater. I think that's what Kanye's mom was for him. You think Kim Kardashian is gonna take care of his? Fuck no, like, of course she's not. Yeah, take nah, care of his, nah. his medications? You know what I mean? Like, like, like we we you gotta you know. So I you you have to you have to gauge the people you have in your life and and, and your influences. Because they make they make or break who you are, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, and I and I think, not even the going back to what you said, Sola. Not even the token thing. I just, just, just a negative outlook on how you look at the world through Kanye. You know how people look at Kanye like he's this, this, this juggernaut of an evil person. Which you know that the jury's still out on that with with me too. Like, but at the same time. Would he have said all of those things if his mother was still alive? Would he have no. said all those things if he was rightly medicated? Would he have said all those things? You know what I mean? Would 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 um would Will Smith have slapped Chris Rock if he knew if he knew the you know what I mean? If it was just a joke, you know what I mean? Like, are we are we really? That's that's you know. It's all about how we. How I want to put a bunch of fucking holes in Will Smith when he did that shit. That. What um, I said I would have been putting a bunch of holes in Will Smith. He hit me like that. Nah, I ain't taking that disrespect. I'm just saying. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's, that. Um, I think in terms of the Will Smith thing, there's a lot of from there's there's a there's a deeper layer of like a totally distraught relationship because if you look at the pitch, if you look he's at the a fucking succubus. That's why that woman's evil as fuck. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't want to say it's, it's, listen he made the choice we don't want to put i don't want to put it all on jada no, no, i don't I think he's right to put it all on jada but i also hey, believe I'm jada though like really i don't want to like... listen in the beginning in the beginning i probably would have thought that way but again when you look at when you I, I look at it like this he dangled the carrot in of putting his putting him on blast on the on that red table right and she knew that she, I don't know if she knew, but he knew that he needed to fi- figure out a way to 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 regain his masculinity in front of in front of the world. So Chris Rock just happened to be the the catalyst for that, if that makes sense. And that's what makes um, me though, because like instead of like addressing the problem, which was his wife, he like took it out on some dude who was just doing his fucking job, like as a comedian, and like. I was like, you have Jada literally posting articles of her doing exposés on Will Smith, saying shit like, "Yeah, we knew P- um, Tupac, and I had to beg him not to whoop Will Smith's ass." Keep in mind, that's his man's wife talking about him being like, "Yeah, I had to tell another man not to beat my husband's ass." You know how that, embarrassing I mean, that shit I mean, is as a man I mean, to hear does, that. But that does that does again, her people, her people, bro. We don't know where she's at in her. That's in her you know what I'm saying? So we, yeah. I, I, and and I'm a big advocate for mental health myself. You know, on Twitter Spaces and stuff. So I, I don't want to dive into that, but I also believe that she, you know she has her own issues with with certain things too. Like for example, there was an episode 
where it was her and I think it was her, her mother and her daughter. And she was telling, she was telling both of them how she didn't want to marry Will. Like, why would you say that? You know what I mean? So all of those things, all of those things can be detrimental to a man's mental health. You know what I mean? And, and like, again, we're supposed to be the protectors and the heroes when things happen. And, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to do gender roles or any of that type of stuff, but like, you know, we, you know, society puts these weird gender roles on people and it's, and it, and it can be detrimental to people's, you know, mental health. And it's, it's really sad, man. It's really sad because we, the average black man doesn't live that long, right? My, my dad died three years ago at 72 and he, and he was always worried about, you know, when he was going to get the next dollar or or when his next meal was going to come or any of that type of stuff. Like it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in this world. And I think people don't look at the inner before they look at the outer. And it's, it's real sad. You know what I mean? It's real, yeah, real fucked up, especially in, especially in the black community. Sorry for my outburst about the whole Jada thing. It's just, I was, you good. You good. Let's no, like Will Smith, I looked up to him a lot, especially when he was in his fresh Prince age and stuff like that. And just to see like, it's like seeing a hero you have just slowly crumble and to be a shell of his former self. Like it's, it's like the same for again, people. Who there's a lot of pressure, and stuff. You know pressure, what I mean? There's a lot of pressure built in to that. So I, that's why I, at first I was laughing at him and I'm like, cause I, I, I couldn't stay. I can't stay in his movies. Right. I don't like any Will Smith movies. Will Smith to me is not really, I don't really oh, like him. Black is good. Prison Man in Black is good. Prison Man in Black was good. I'm Come on. Hang, I'm about to hang up this phone. No, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a Will Smith fan at all. Like, and that's, that's it's documented. I just, you know, I, I, think it's I, and I, 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 at first I used to make fun of him every chance I got. But then when, but then when that slap happened and I looked at it from my perspective and I, I took a step back and I'm like, both of them are hurting, but we're getting most of it from Will because Will's the one that's responding. You know what I'm saying? She's manipulating him and she's, but again, where is she getting her manipulation from? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she got that from somewhere. She didn't just, she just didn't get that from, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it, so, so. So when you have combustible, and then you throw the kids on top of it, bro. You know what I mean? You're throwing, you're throwing the kids on top, and 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 now it's a family. Now it's a family of confusion, and 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 who's who's here and who's there. So it's it's a lot, man. It's a lot to have to deal with on top of being on social media. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, I remember after, I remember after the slap with Will, she. He, she, she, she did some video on her phone, and he's like, he still looked like he hasn't gotten over the whole slapping. I think this was like days after too. And he was like, "Yo, could you put the put you can you put the phone down?" And she was just like, "No, nah, I don't want to put the phone down." And they were arguing while she's holding, it, like, you know what I mean? So like, you know, and again, hurt people hurt other people. You know what I mean? I don't want to put everything on just her because that that would be unfair and that's disingenuous. But um. But yeah, like it goes, it go like psychosis and all this stuff and, and depression and stuff goes goes way back in people's family. I had that shit. My family took it took me years to realize that my family had certain issues that you know what I mean? After my father was gone and I started diving deeper into 
where my life is, where my life was going and stuff like that. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And don't forget, we live in a world where, like, black people don't want to, like, black people don't want to talk about their problems. I remember one of the biggest things my father used to always say to me is, don't tell everybody my business. Don't tell everybody our business. But meanwhile, you know, he, you know, he's yelling and screaming at me or yelling and screaming at somebody else. And they're always arguing about the smallest of issues. You know what I mean? And yeah. Holding air shit in can be detrimental sometimes, you know? So it's a lot, especially in the black community. But God, I, I don't want to going to ask on to that more. So this is like something I'll be honest. Like I don't have no skin in the game for this because last I checked, um, I kind of lack the melanin to put it politely to you and Hazy, but what's it called? I wanted to know stuff like that for like, you know, do you guys think it's like what really shaped that, you know, like the black community, especially when we're talking about music, for example, and different generational stuff. Like we're talking about, you said there were stereotypes like, you know, black rappers, things like that being homophobic. And like, do you think, is it just mainly like a way to be like, hey, in our community, masculinity is a very important essence or thing that we do? Like, how yeah, would you explain that? Like, I think from my, I think from my perspective, I think from my perspective, and I can only speak for me. Growing up, the artists I listened to, it was, it was all about being tough. It was all about being masculine. Like you go from Rakim, KRS One, they were trying to teach you stuff and show you like what things were and then it and then it went from that to like a big pun or or Nas and and it was always about you know and, and the DMXs and all that stuff. So you had these rough tough guys and I don't think they I don't think they wanted I don't think they wanted to if and if you were um a part of the LGBTQ plus community, you know, you were you were in the closet about it because it didn't because you don't want that, you don't want that stigma on your back, especially in the '90s, especially in the '90s, in the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, and and being gay was not really the thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't really, wasn't really talked about. You didn't want to be a part of that elk in the beginning of of when people were starting to be accepted. If that makes sense. You know you what I mean? Getting a lot better now, though. For like yeah, you know, absolutely. Me, like, absolutely. I, I don't. Um, I, I don't know if I don't know if it's gotten better, but I think that we've I think I think the world is starting to be a little bit more accepting to people of different of different um, ethnic setups and and LGBT. I, I don't, the men is a little different. It's a little yeah, it's a little different now. Like because you have because you have um, certain artists telling you that it's it's okay to be different. It's okay to dress different. It's okay to be who you need to be at that moment. You know what I mean? And I think that's what music is about. I think that's what life is about. Like, again, the average person in my family lives to 78 years old. Why are you not going to live as comfortably as you can? In my perspective, you know what I mean? You're talking to a man, you're talking to a disabled man, Sola, who was told when he was a kid that I would never be able to speak. So, mm. Why am I not going to live comfortably or or try to get others to live the way they want to live? You know what I mean? I, I'm not, I, you may never hear from me again after this interview. Why am I why would I tell you 
that you can't be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're, if you're, if I was a religious man and I was going to sit here and say that being gay was wrong, I, in my opinion, I have no right to say that to you because that's, that's up to you and God to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Because let him deal with that. My, my objective on this planet is to take care of you and make sure you're good. Make sure my people in my community are good. Make sure my students are good. Make sure my music is good. Because that's what makes me happy. I got to leave this world better than the way I left it. But I'm not leaving it better if I'm shitting on somebody else for loving somebody who may be the same sex as me. That's not cool. I don't I respect that. that. I respect that. That's you just keeping it real, being like, hey, man, like, this is I don't, me. I don't, I, don't, I, don't fuck with that. I don't fuck with that. I don't fuck with people who. I don't fuck with people who fuck with with um, who fuck with trans people in a negative sense. I don't. I don't like like people are people are trying. It's hard enough trying to figure out how to live my life as a disabled man wearing braces every day. Why am I gonna Why am I gonna have to deal with somebody who makes fun of somebody who's who wears, you know, who feels comfortable being who they are in their own skin or lack thereof? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not. I don't play that game. I don't play that game. And I think people need to stop playing that game. You know? We need to stop playing that game. What about no you? What. Go ahead. Say it again. No, sorry. My bad. I think there's a bit of a delay. Uh, I was asking if Hazy's there and he wants to chime in too. Yeah, go ahead, Chime. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hazy. My bad. No, you're good. You're good. Is um, Hazy there? Did we lose? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. Don't worry. I, I didn't die. I didn't uh, become a husband. I was like, man, where's my boy at Hazy? I'm yeah, like, he, yeah, he, got real, he got real quiet back there, doggy. Yeah, I was man, listening to Slater. Like, I was locked in. I was like, oh, shit, where's Hazy? I felt bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the man was on a run. I was, letting him, I was letting him speak his mind. That's why I was, uh, I was like, Yeah, he was cooking. I don't, I don't have to. I don't, I don't subscribe to. I don't subscribe to. To, I've I've been made fun of for being different. So for me to turn around and shit on people for being different and wanting to just live, that's not where I go. If God has an issue with anything, let him deal with it. I think if you know if that's what you believe in, that's what you believe in. Leave me out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I was told, and I was told to take care of people, my students, my people, my music, straight like that. And I and I'm last. So that's that's how I get down. Um, I I do things I do things in a way where I try to make you laugh first, and then we and then we'll go from there. I do things where I'll make sure you're good first, and then we go from there. You know what I mean? I don't need to know where you know you and your you and and how you identify is what you need. If that's what you need for your respect. You know, for you to feel validated, then you get your validation from me. I, you know, I'm not gonna be, oh, well, I don't, I don't recognize you like that, nah, bro. Because I may not see you tomorrow, and and today is when you need me right now. So, if that's what you need, then that's what you need. I'm not here to, I'm not here to, I'm not here to be some asshole to you. You know what I mean? I don't play that game because I know what it's like to feel isolated. I know what it's like to feel alone. I know what it's like to not have people listen. So, I'm listening. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To bring it um, back to the question that was um, being asked of me, I don't think, I think it's, 
unique in the sense that the environment that black people grew up in was different from probably just given the society norms. Like, for example, the Italians had their mobs, the Italians had their gangs, the Italians told their children what it meant what it meant to be a man. And, you know, that was also a level of stoicism. There's different versions of stoicism. But I believe that at some point or another, prior generations told a child, a male child, to not cry, to not be weak. And that certain amount of time to many that translated to not expressing yourself but not telling people what your problems were to the point where it became unfamiliar to you to even describe what your problems were it would be hard to conceptualize what even the issue is um just particularly speaking about masculinity and um, um black and just black society i believe that for the most part masculinity is not only a a symbol of pride but is a byproduct of society looking down on um, black people, um, whether that be the rocks, the jazzes, things of that nature. And I think that also creates a level of animosity um, for society. And I'd say that's that, that speaks to everybody. It's not a monolith that I speak towards. Rather, I think that it's a idea of like having your music discussed on a greater scale. Like rock, sure, the, there's... Those rock bands obviously discussed as being chaotic or destroying the society. We all know about the Beatles and how they said things to the effect of, oh, well, people love us more than Jesus or something to that nature, right? Um, um, and how that led to a chaos of people trying to ban, ban them and boycott them. And sure, they got the backlash. But there's a certain different underlying tone that sentiments take when you are when you you notice yourself as the other in some in some instances so when someone talks about the the, the gratuitous of violence and um the pravity of um hip-hop or music that were predominantly created by a certain um demographic within society often by journalism music or, or audio or just um, airways that don't look like you. It, it often does create that sort of dissonance, whereas to inspire the community in some misguided attempt, you try to invoke this level of stoicism to be proud within your own community since something like same-sex relations, not opinion I have, but often these things, and even we know this by mainstream media that like prior to like modern day of the 2000s to 2010s and 20s, it was kind of like a weakness. It was kind of like a f they're feminine. So um, even villains are a bit more leering, uh, a bit more feminine in, in um, the uses of mascara, long nails, things of that nature. So it seems it seems easy to um, corroborate that there's an overlaying um, nature to it when we look at um, same-sex relations, since that would be by default because it's very um like feminine nature it, there's, there's that overlap like th that's always at the question or at least that's the implicit idea that there's some sort of gay connotation to the character or feminine nature to the character is that why and, i know this is gonna sound weird but like people like you know like we said in our last podcast like sonic fox for example you got this nerdy you know skinny looking black kid and then he gets like a lot more hate from his own community than like by other people just because it's like, well, you're not you're not fitting the image, you're not fitting the mold. Like, you don't listen to rap music, you don't 
you know, do these things like that when he's like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing like that. If I like nerdy shit like anime or whatever, I'm going to do it. And I find out we get so much hate for that. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. like going back to what going back to what he said too. Like, there's always that like, and then you get those and you get those people that are like, hey, you know, um, the music, the music, the music, uh, the music industry is taking away from our 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 youth because they're they're pushing the the gay agenda, the gay agenda, the gay agenda. When I don't really I don't really agree with that. I think it's I think kids are expressing themselves more you know what i mean like about the, about open about who they want to be and how things are and and again what who as long as we are not harming anybody why are we messing with them you know what i mean the worst thing the worst thing the worst thing that's happening right now is kids are being open about who they are and it scares a lot of people you know what i mean it scares a lot of people i think i think there's a there's a what's the word there's a there's a huge shift and going back to what he said there's a huge shift in how you how we were hiding things and how people are tired of you know if there's certain abuses in your household people are speaking up about it now people are saying like hey listen i this is who i am and this is how i want to li- how i want to live my life and and you either down with it or you ain't down with it like you know what i mean I, and i think we can't keep playing these games with people in terms of saying, well, this is hurting the community. No, because you need people. A community is a community no matter who they are, gay, straight, whatever. Like, I think if if you are secure in who you are, then there's no issues here. And I think a lot of men are, especially, especially around in certain areas, especially now, who are pushing against that. A lot of people aren't secure. And a lot of things, and it's not just sexuality. It's financials. It's it's you know it's you know there's a there's a lot of stressors with with you know depending on the situation in in any in any community. And I think I think the LGBT gets a lot of flack because they they're out there with it. You know what I mean? They're out there with it with 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 flags and 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 parades and celebrations and lights and stuff and 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 just being just saying that they're okay with with who they are and people and I think the problem is that people just see sex people see sex and 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 and, and just in 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 lures of stuff and think about it even when you're on Twitter right 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 Sola like when they start talking about like trans people and they do it in a negative site you know it's like oh Look at these guys, you know, they're naked somewhere. And it's like this weird, it's always this weird negative connotation that you get without without getting the full story of why certain things are happening. You know what I mean? So we we need to dis we need to we need to delete these notions of of negativity when it comes to, to those types of things. Because people are going to be here regardless of the situation. And I think we not that we have to force ourselves to be comfortable with it, but we need to be understanding that people are people. And if a gay person is having a heart attack, you have to help that person. If someone is is not, if someone is sick, it shouldn't matter where who, what their pronouns are. Just help this person. You know what I mean? We'll deal yeah. with it. We'll and honestly, that's it. 
speaking from like the other side, I guess, because people have that question a lot, you know, like it's from their perspective, especially like older generation, like you already know I'm in the, I'm in the South. So like people don't like change. They're comfortable with routine and pattern stuff like that. And you have a lot of these older people to be like, you know, very, you know, keep it simple. If it ain't broke, why fix it type thing, you know, like straight couples, whatever. And to them, I don't think a lot of them, that's one thing I feel like the LGBT community keeps getting wrong is that they're trying to vilify, be like, all these people after me are, you know, hella, you know, hateful. They want me dead. A lot of these people, I don't think do. A lot of them are just confused and like scared and don't know how to handle it. It's like, I know it's hard to explain and put into words, but like talking to some of these people, some of them being family members, like older generation people, they like love people unconditionally. It's just, it just confuses them. They don't know why type thing. Like, again, hurt people, hurt people, right? I know. Yeah. When you when you look at when people are confused and they don't know how to handle it, they they turn they turn to anger and and oh why is this person why is this person wearing these bright colors why do you talk this way why do you whatever whatever I think it's a lot of fear too because they that gay person is more comfortable in their own skin than that person that's making fun of them. Same thing with me, right? I I used to I used to I I used to get a lot of shit for. I used to get a lot of shit for smiling in in my town or 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 because I was up in where I grew up in New York. People used to say I sound white. You know what I mean? Or I or I or I sound too happy about wherever I was from or wherever I was going. It's like, hey, man, like. I only had but so much time on this planet. Like, why am I not going to be happy, bro? I've had five operations since I was five years old. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why am I not? You know what I mean? What's the problem with me being able to 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 want to spread love and joy into this world? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand where that comes from. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people, they're they they weren't given, they weren't gifted that opportunity. You know what I mean? I was blessed enough to have a good mother who gave me a good personality. It was like, hey man, you gotta. No matter how bad people treat you, you got to give them the love and you got to give them love. You got to give them, you know, because some some people are missing it. And that's why I have those mental health spaces on Twitter. That's why I have those things, because I want people to know that, you know, above all else, you are being listened to. You know what I mean? I may not be able to diagnose you or do any of those things, but you are you have a voice. And I think a lot of people who are on the LGBTQ plus community finally are using their voices. And the people that, that are frowning upon them are afraid to use their voice, whether it's whether it's whether it's in a positivity or not. You know what I mean? I think I think a lot a lot of that Brent pent up stuff is 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 real prevalent. And not just any community, just any community, male, uh, male, female, gay, straight, black, white, doesn't matter. We have a lot of, you know, I wish, I wish I could have told, um, I wish I could have told my high school sweetheart that I, that I loved her, but I kept it in and look, look where it got me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, got no kids, none of that stuff. So it's like, it's a lot of, a lot, a lot of pinched up things we want to say. We don't, you know, we don't get to say, or we're too afraid to say, you know what I mean? And, and I think there's a lot of resentment with that. Yeah. Hey, what you think, Hazy? 
to um, I wanted to bring it back uh, just a little bit because um, in terms of the resentment that the LGBTQ community gets in the black community in particular, I think that there is a, a bravado that has always been proliferated within hip hop music, but that's just also a part of the struggle of society and growing up in that sort of environment, as well as the historical issues that being two hundred percent on the back foot of um, dealing with those issues and the and to, to deal with that hindrance and to deal with that generational effects of that in poverty that you would live in and also being taught to or being scrutinized as though that sort of thing doesn't exist probably does create more of a, an incommunal way of discussing these subject matters or want to look inward to like never be broached or being able to be approached by other communities that haven't had similar situations. Which is not to say that advice from external communities isn't invaluable because they, of course it is, but I believe that that's what that initially started from. And so throughout generations, they, they prioritize stoicism, masculinity, being tough, and um, corroborating these ideas of femininity as being weakness Therefore, same sexuality is, is, is a sign of weakness. Um, in the same vein as 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 as, as that, because even psychologically speaking, I, I I spoke to this prior, but I believe that uh, even TV shows, most villains, if you look about them, whether that be in media, mass media or in cartoons, they were kind of feminine, at least in terms of the male characters, um, to some degree. So the Joker was they, feminine. Joker were, I mean, the Joker. He's flamboyant. Let's say he flamboyant. He's flamboyant. Let's say yeah. Flamboyant. I would say yeah. I would say he was. Yeah, he's you know he's a backwards mechanic. He's a bit of a Fruit Loop, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know. like Mamba used magic and sorcery, coward's way of fighting. Um, you have Leonidas in 3000. The guy's way of persuasion is clearly not the straightest, but he's leering, he's gaudy, he's wearing makeup, things of that nature. Um, I think these okay, are just don't get from my boy Leonidas now. That man is he's jacked no, as hell. Wait, no, wait, wait, what, we talk, what, what show are we talking about here? We're talking you about the, the villain in 300. Oh, the, the villain, Cersei's. Yeah, Cersei's. Cersei's is glaring, he's wearing jewelry, he's makeup, he's wearing, he's very decadent. His ways of persuading people are clearly not the most straightest. So there's always those sort of undertones of like same sexual nature and, 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 and same sexual relationships. You're talking about 300, yeah. the movie from like Caesar's time? Yeah, do you remember, Um, do you know the meme like where it's that dude saying, I am a generous god? Have you seen that meme before? I think, I, I, I don't think, but I think, but again, I go, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. But I, th but I think that's, yeah, that's a different. I mean, that's definitely true. But that's definitely true. I do, I do believe in that in the sense of like, again, a lot of those men had to hide their sexualities too, going to you know, because uh, didn't wasn't C didn't they say Caesar was very feminine the, the, at the, one point? The whole point, the whole point of this was yeah, Caesar be, yeah, Caesar fucked femboys. It's yeah, it's that's a whole yeah, different yeah. conversation. That's a whole different game. <laughs> Interesting. The problem is, is that, like, I think, um, um, in terms of um, black community, like the black community, is that um, stoicism replaced a avenue in which you could speak about these problems candidly. I think that's always been a problem with men's mental health in general, but in particularly in black families, I think the immediacy to be on your p's and q's 
was far more harsher without an ability to express self-doubt. I think that for most children, um, that self-doubt couldn't be expressed to other people because um, you had to have a pride about yourself. But also pride is, can be a folly as well in the way that you don't express your inabilities or shortcomings and you can't improve on these shortcomings. shortcomings pride was also the detriment it. to the family too. When you like in it, in it, like, you know, cause, cause think about it. You didn't want to come out as gay to certain people's in, in certain families because it would bring shame to that family to, in, in certain family members eyes. So I agree with that. Continue. I'm sorry. Not to cut you off. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and that idea of not not being forthcoming with those ideas often led to a, a lack of communication. And I think that even, like for example, I think a lot of people probably are unfamiliar with people. People, I, I just in the black community alone, and this could be external to the black community. But I think it's a foreign idea to most part for your father to ever complain. Like, he'll complain about shit being fucked up, but he'll never express about how it affects him emotionally in that sense. Cause oh, yeah, to, no. To, my, to father was one of the, my father was one of the... And I love my father to death. You know, God rest his soul. Like, he he would complain to me. He would yell, you know, and, you know, his way of his way of complaining was complaining to me or, you know, whatever, or saying whatever's bothering him at that time. But I don't think... Any, but even in his mind, if you complain too much, um, you know, you 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 had to buckle up after a while. You couldn't you couldn't keep doing it because you had to keep going. I think, I think if we had more of a stable understanding of mental health and how to handle your emotions, especially in the black community, right? Knowing that you you grow up in poverty, poverty, you know, impoverished areas and stuff like that, and being able to have that outlet to say what you needed to say without having to feel judged, without having to feel like you were going to get backlash from it. I think, I think it would do people a lot, do people a lot of good. I think we don't, I think we don't pay attention to how, um, what we say or what we don't say, um, can affect someone or how we don't express what needs to be expressed can, can affect people. Um, my father was one of those people too, man. I'll, I'll, I'll even, I'll even, I'll go as far as to say that he may disagree. If he was here right now, he'd probably disagree. But, um, but I could see, I could see it the way even him, like he grew up in, he grew up in the seventies and eighties, right? So, like for him, for him, I mean, you know, he was, you know, he was a teenager in the in the sixties and seventies. So for even for him, you couldn't, you couldn't say, you couldn't say certain things you couldn't say you couldn't you couldn't say you couldn't see two girls holding hands without him you know without people saying certain things or that type of because they that wasn't that time period you know and on top of on top of living in new york city on top of the financial issues on top of reagan being the president and 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 dropping crack on the black community like there's a whole hist of things that can that can affect a person on top of saying, you know, we don't talk about our problems here. We don't do that here. We just we just keep going. The more you talk about your problems, the more you bring the more you bring problems to yourself. So you you couple all of that and you stir it up and 
you get people who who are who are very stoic about letting things go or letting things out you know what i mean which can be which can be detrimental to to your to your physical health you know but yeah absolutely yeah. and i would um go as far as to say that um with that community, naturally, even with immigrants to some degree, um, people who come here um, of their own accord, there's a plan in mind for what they're supposed to be doing and what they have to do. So naturally, there's an inherent community that can you can go to, like Indonesia, like like Koreans, Asians, Chinese, Japanese. They all have like this sort of inner working community. Um, while there may be strands of different black people that have come from the islands, that came from slavery, and some people who have moved here, it's not exactly a, uh, a go-to community that they could source themselves to. Yeah. So not only are you in a community or a society where you are a minority, but still not communicated properly as a community of its whole thing, of a whole being. So this often means that to even have a community it results in sometimes um, extraditing any, any other that could be indifferent, that could be different. So um, to me, to me, I think that a lot of the black community problems are far, are very complex. Even I, what I explain here is pretty, um, is, is, is detailed to an extent, extent, but I believe that it also leads to there never being like a unifying voice. Like when people moved here, they were able to create communities, they were able to create environments because there was an idea, there was a plan being sent somewhere and a bunch of people with no plan, no economic dreams, or not even like a good inkling as to where the origin is from, definitely has some detriment, especially if you're, you're not coming here as the finest of a generation. Like for example, we have people who come from Haiti who have exceptionally high GD uh, um, graduation ratios. These are people who are coming here with a plan and understood where they're from, and they were ac academically sound. But people who initially came here to America didn't have any of that. On top of the res reservations that other people had, um, or uh, about people had uh, from country, from communities, from legislation, and so. For most, people don't understand that the abundance of humans that exist on the earth is large and, and abundant. So when the telltale signs of somebody being gay exists, they don't take into account someone's happiness, someone living life to fulfillment, any of those ideas. It just immediately goes into, I don't understand. And I think there's a difference between I don't understand and I disagree because it's taboo to say you disagree to some regard. So some people hide behind the notion of, I don't understand. You'll probably see a, an older elder talking about like, oh, this new generation. And it happens with every new generation. People believe it that there's with something unique. It happened with us. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I said yeah. every generation. I didn't exempt myself. I didn't exempt No, myself. no, no, yeah. yeah I'm saying no, every generation has this moment of, uh, it's a synchrolacrum, and in fact, there's a there's an idea that you're speaking to some holistically new idea, like your generation don't understand. But every generation at some point had did that to them to say you don't understand. There's a disconnect. There's a cognitive dissonance. When in actuality, to really create community, you want to create that connection. You want to understand. You want to feel as though they can come to you with these problems. With knowledge, often enough, there becomes a level of 
indignant nature that comes with the younger generation. And with the young generation, they are unbridled. They're, they they have the waters, the oyster, they have youth. And so naturally, there's a unwillingness and an incredulousness to them being taught anything. But the level of humility, I believe, on either side of the discussion, it can be mutual understanding. Like, for example, some things my parents did weren't that great. Like, my parents don't exactly understand all the LGBTQ stuff. However, when I asked them, I said, do you not understand or do you not want to understand? And he said, I don't want to understand. I said, we can start there because we we're having a more honest conversation about what we're talking about because you're a relatively smart person. It's not that you don't understand. You don't want to understand because not understanding, not agreeing leads to ostracization. But agreeing and disagreeing is not what you create understanding. It's not where you create any mutual way of standing on top of an idea. So that's why I think it's so interesting that my parents allowed me to learn, be free to learn my own religion, to pick my own religion, to study. These are things that let me be more open-minded. And I was willing, to, I was able to talk to them. Then I had cousins who would be told that in the most sensitive time period in their life, that they're an idiot, they're not going to be nothing. You don't know. You might you might think that's tough love, but that child in a crucial moment in time is probably never going to bring this up to you anymore because they never want to feel stupid again, regardless of how you think about it. And I think that happens a lot in the black community. We, I see so many members on my Facebook who bring up tough love, but often enough, sometimes tough love just makes you lack any voice or communication. Tough love community. makes you quieter. Yes, it actually makes you quiet. It makes you obedient, which is what parents want, but it makes you less communicative. And so as um, the next generation drifts away to some regard um, and, and have this, this fundamental disagreement, no one's communicating more due to past traumas of how they were silenced in the past or how they were discouraged from ever speaking about these things. So I is, think that's is, like the problem in currently in the black community that there's an unwillingness to, to, to show humility and to give humility in terms of conversations and creating an understanding. And similarly to the animosity for the gay community, I believe that black people believe that it's a particularly a unique thing that has been showed in abundance within the black community, which I don't agree with. I think it's actually kind of promoted by a lot of like your Omars, like your Umars, Dr. Umars, that this is uniquely something that is oh to destroy God. the black community. I can't believe you guys. I can't believe uh, the name of. I know. I vote. I vote. Lord that... My apologies, but I no, who's that not, who's not, uh, Dr. James Umar. Keep going. Keep going, man. Keep Is he that bad? All right, my bad. My bad. I just never heard the name before. I was just a bit. You know, I caught me off guard. You were like, "Oh hell no!" And I was like, "Huh? Who's this dude?" Man, I don't. I, I can't. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk Ill of of anybody, man. But like, like it's 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 very hard to. It's very hard for me because you have people who who say they want something good for the community, but then they they undermine with certain things that they say. You know what I mean? And I, and yeah. and that bothers me. And that bothers me because you got people that listen to this. Got people who listen to Mr. Umar, and he's very insightful in the things that he says, and he's he's got 
he comes with facts, but the way he portrays these facts, as opposed to the things that he does behind closed doors, is is very crazy to me. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I just I, it and it bothers me because we the media always makes the black community look like we need somebody to leave us. And we, well, and we don't. Complex it's like they always say, like they always say, they always, instead of saying, instead of saying, um, they'll say black leader, Reverend Jesse Jackson, or black leader before they call him Reverend. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, we don't, there's no, I've never seen a Caucasian leader in, in, in the white community, I've never heard of that because they, they don't have to go through the stuff that we have to go through. You know what I mean? There's never been somebody to quote unquote speak. Like a good sense of community. I think usually leaders are, are, are in abundance within the black community because there's a stronger sense of community. Like there's not a necessity for there to be leaders. Listen, there's a lot of people that can't. St- so. There's a lot of people that can't stand Reverend Jesse Jackson. I'm, I mean, yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. There's I, a lot. I, I, of, you know what I mean? I, I think a lot of people don't really ask. Like we, you know, they they look at like uh, like one of the one of the, somebody I can't stand too is, uh, and I know Soul's gonna kill me for this. I'm not a Thomas Soul fan. Like you gotta go. Like he's not. He doesn't speak for the entire group of black people. And for me, I look at it from I'm a I'm a people person first, and just throwing facts in people's faces is not how you're gonna do it. You know what I mean? I think. I think you get you get more bee you get more bees with honey than you get with water. Is that the, is that the saying? I think you, like Dr. James Umar, he's he's got sort of the right idea, but his approach is crazy. His approach is crazy, and I think we you need a little bit of both. All right. I think, I think Thomas Solis is pretty. Uh, I think he has the right beat on some of his, his ideas, you know, and especially being a, an economist, uh, really um, tune people into some certain ideas they should be mindful of in terms of like self improvement and doing that sort of thing. But in terms of like just the um, um, this black community in general, I think that's often the idea that like people get stuck on i i, I we spoke about this too to, to, to a larger extent but i think that like a silencing of like children and not being able to speak up against parents yeah yeah and, that's, and, and the, that's immediacy the towards um and I, I know i know i'm going off on tangents but it's like it that's the product of why kids don't talk you know what i mean and i think the even in the even in even in my even when I was a kid, the way my father spoke to me about certain things, whether it be communicative about girls or communicative about my school and how I do certain things in school, it made me not want to tell him certain things because his reactions are something that I'm not looking for. Even my mother's reactions, my and my mother was supposed to be the nurturer. Like there's certain things that my like certain things that my friends have told their parents, I would never tell my mother. Not because, not because I don't, not because I don't love her. I don't think that she's the type of person I would say certain things. Because I know what type of how she takes information, and it and she doesn't she doesn't put it she doesn't give it to me in a way that will empower both of us in this situation. You know what I mean? It, it'll just be like, 
I don't know. It is, it would I, I be in a way where it's like, why, why, why did I even, why did I even bring it up? You know what I mean? Like, I think the movie, um, I, I, the movie name, um, just to put a nice bow in this, the movie's name eludes me right now. But Denzel Washington was in this movie where he's raising a child, and the child is it the asked, one where he was telling? Is it the one where he was telling the kid like, I don't have to like you? Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's like, why don't you like me, man? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like you. He's, I don't have like, to like you. I take care of. Yeah, but I. And and, and that's I, and that's a very that's a very poignant movie and that's a very poignant scene in that movie, and that's that's the way a lot of people see their parents. And it, it's funny you bring that up because I was talking to a friend of mine who's from Serbia in in Twitter Spaces, and he and he had a, um. He said the same thing. He said Americans are so worried about feelings and they're so worried about worrying about why what people care about certain things. It's like, no, you don't, you know, who gives a shit about your feelings? But feelings are the whole that's what makes you a human being. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's fences, makes, by the way. Fences. Huh? Fences. Movie's yeah, name is yeah, Fences. Yeah. Um, feelings are what make you a human being without you have you can't you're not everybody's a robot you know what i mean like i can't i don't i i i am a person who who knows what it feels like to not have anything or to not have anyone around or not to feel like no one is listening to me you ha- you that's the first thing before that's the first sense that you have is your touch what do you what do you feel what do you, like you know what i mean like that's before anything else so I I don't subscribe to the notion that you have to be quiet or you have to you know because because you your your expressions and your feelings make you who you are as a person. If you're going to be this stoic animal, your relationships with other people are pretty shitty. Like they're pretty shitty, regardless of how you put it. You know what I mean? Now there's there's a lot of holes there's a lot of holes in my cheese. You know, but I, I, the one thing I've, I've always, there's one thing I've always prided myself on is my communication is being, Hey, if if I did something wrong, tell me, put me, put me in a position where we can have an honest conversation about what I did wrong. Or if I hurt anybody in any type of way, and we can have a conversation. If you come at me, like you yelling at me, I'm not, I'm not answering that. But like, if we're having an honest dialogue, then that's cool. And I think a lot of black families, especially when I was growing up, it wasn't like that. It was more about yelling and screaming and who can yell the loudest. And I think kids are growing up in that era. Now. Kids are growing up in that and being like, yo, I don't want to deal with that. That's why you talk. That's why you hear a lot of kids saying, I don't want to go to family reunions because not only am I getting molested or whatever, I'm also getting verbally verbally assaulted. I'm getting, you know, feelings are a lot. You know what I mean? It's a lot. People don't want to admit to it, but it's a lot. It's a part of who you are. You know? And in in order to get those feelings out, you're 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 going you are going to explode on someone. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be seven years from now. But you want to attack somebody. And what's the first thing I say? Well, where did that person come from? How come nobody? How come nobody taught that person how to handle his anger? They can't handle the anger because you told me to shut up for the last seven years. No, you understand what I'm saying? Like, 
and we we and and they love looking at the black community like that, especially when a young black man goes to jail for something. You know what I mean? Well, who raised you? How come you don't have? You know, they calling you animals underneath underneath their breath and stuff. You know. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I think we we need to address that. Hey Slater, man, I appreciate you being on. This has been a phenomenal podcast, man. Like, hey brother, you know it's been cool, honestly, yeah. Like, I'll be real for you. I know before people say we have beefs and stuff like that, but nah, like you, real one. Like, always appreciate you still being in my corner and stuff. Absolutely, man. You know it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I, I don't, I don't fuck with people just to fuck with them. I, fu- I fuck with them because I care about people and I want people yeah. to be cool, man. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for, thanks for inviting me on this pod. Hey, hey, uh. You got any advice real quick, like a closing statement for you that you would give to the audience or to people listening? Hey, man, um, just just don't talk about it. Be about it, man. Um, um, leave the world better than the way you found it. Um, um, and it's not always it, it doesn't it doesn't end with you. It starts with you. Good shit. You know? Good shit. Hey, Slater, um, one more thing before you go. So. I ended up hiring me a private detective. We were able to, you know, go through some old tweets. You'd be okay if I asked you a question or two on some of them to get your opinion? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wondered. So, yeah. So, you tweeted here that uh, fuck Jamal Murray and fuck Aaron Gold- Gordon, but most importantly, fuck the Joker. Bitch needs to know how to play defense and get off the nuggets. LeBron okay, all okay, okay, What's the mean when you say that tweet, brother? Sir, what were you thinking about like, sir, when you tweeted that? Sir, sir <laughs> I'm going to need you to refrain from the line. Thank you, sir. No, no, trust me. This is a reliable I've, source here. I got like the best I've of the been, best I've, look at the... I have been the biggest nuggets since 1990, <laughs> my guy. Okay. Mm. Since Money 1990. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, listen, and, and I'm gonna get canceled for this. I can guarantee you. I have I have I have an eclectic group of of um sports teams that I that I that I choose that I love. I'm I'm born in New York, but I have no New York teams that I cheer for. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan in the NL, I'm a Red Sox fan in the AL, I'm a Nuggets fan in basketball. I'm so this is my first championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Congratulations thank, on that, by the way. Thank first you, championship. Thank you, thank, yeah. you, thank you. When they win, we all win. Um, okay. I'm a Vancouver Canuck in hockey. Listen, I'm a black man who loves hockey, man. So don't don't play with me. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, yeah, man. I've, I've I've been blessed with. I've been blessed with. How would you dislike Calmo Anthony? What's that about? Huh? Yeah, yeah. What is that about? You know, that's, uh, good point, Hazy. I heard, I heard you oh no 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 we don't talk about that. Fuck no, no no okay i will say this <laughs> i will say this on your podcast i will say this on your podcast minus everything i said about being nice to people and all that shit fuck carmelo anthony uh, i was like i i i'm the, the carmelo anthony love is is killing me yes he got us to the finals yes he got us to, oh no, no no he got us to the conference finals but did he get us anywhere no he didn't know Okay, him and his little and his wife can go somewhere. All right, New York fans. Oh, you gotta get without without Carmelo, you couldn't get Jokic. Whatever, man. Go hang up his jersey someplace else. He was a diva. He always wanted to be a diva. That's why he wanted to go to New York. Now he's talking about he he's happy that Denver got a championship. 
Get out okay. of here, man. Okay. You know what I mean? It's the it's the wishy washy stuff for me. That's what it's about. It's the wishy washy stuff. I got another one from my definitely secret, totally anonymous uh, private detective. He did some research for me. You mean, so he's you, mean, you mean you mean the lying story? What I was no, no, no. what you mean? This is a very credible citation sourced person. So Go ahead. we got Go ahead. a tweet here that said, um, they call me a motherfucker while I'm fucking their moms. Where the snow bunnies at? So you want to wow. elaborate more wow. on like what you mean by that? Like I'm, I'm just curious. Like I don't know, I don't know who wrote that one. Like, I don't I'm know who wrote curious, that one, but like, that damn sure ain't me. So I don't know. Now I've, okay, I've, okay. I have, I have, I have, I have had interracial relationships in my in my time, but I, I'm not the type. As a, as a teacher myself, I cannot be roaming around talking about where the snow bunnies at. That's a little wild. <laughs> All right, that's a little wild. Oh, no. That's okay. A little wild. I'm going to put but, my notes in here. I'm in denial. I got another one here. Okay, I got you. I just have to write those notes down really quick. Um, Yeah, what's this one right here? Um, Yeah, last one. Okay, I have this Steve Urkel motherfucking looking ass in my class. Tell me why his molars are his front teeth. I'm about to bust <laughs> him down. So you want to like... I think, so you, I, think, I think that one, I think that one is me talking about myself. Cause that's how I dressed when I was a kid. So, so hey man, listen, there's I some psychology and like projection, like on their students. Am, but... Even though I'm a teacher's, even though I'm a teacher's aide, I am one of the biggest nerds on the planet, bro. I, 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 and and um, dialect. I think you will enjoy this about me. I, um, I'm in the when I'm in the, when I'm in my hallway or I'm in the classroom, whatever. I I want my students to relate to me, so I don't I don't wear the traditional teacher clothes i wear i wear jerseys i wear t-shirts i don't even let the kids call me by my last name because i'm a human being first you know what i mean i'm a human first and and i don't i don't let i don't let i don't let i don't let my authoritarian part of me take over the job because at the end of the day i am who i am and I want the kids to see that I bleed the same color as them. Kids, adults are just bigger kids. People don't really understand that. You know what I mean? I think I think we 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 use kids as this this outlier. Oh, these kids just don't understand. These kids just don't get it. Blah blah blah. But we were just like them. We were just like them. We've been sitting here for two hours talking about our childhoods, and our parents had the same childhood that we had. You understand what I'm saying? So like true. when I when I go to work, when I go to work, I want I want my students to know that I'm I'm the same person. So I don't I don't I don't do the Mr. I don't do the Mr. Slater thing. I don't do any of that. I I I I dress the way I wanna within reason. I you know, I talk to kids the way I I I work the way I would want somebody to talk to me if I needed help. And that's how I live my life. So, yeah. Hey, I appreciate you having on. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Slater pulling up hey, to hey, hey, radio. Here, please, uh, guys, please check out my first. Um, I've been working on a lot of new music. There's going to be a lot of new music coming out soon. I, I've, I've been working with a, um, uh, I got my first album out. It's on uh, iTunes and all the places where you can find it. All, all the good stuff. Uh, Hip hop group called Deep State. The name of the album is called Lead by Example. Um, there's more production coming from me soon. Also, 
Um, I'm working on a, a, a hip-hop production album that's got Reggie Miller on it. Reggie Miller's one oh. of my favorite players in the NBA. So the album's going to be based around him. Um, also, uh, one more thing. Uh, I got my own podcast uh, where we talk about all type of opinions with my my big my big homie, Chance Legend. It's called We Have Opinions, the podcast with Chance and Slater. I talk about everything from interracial dating to what the rent is like in Gotham City to um, uh, dating single moms to why we have hunger in this country. So, and we do it in a funny, we do it in a funny way. Some days we do it in a, in a serious way, but it's, but it's all fun at the end of the day. So hey, last thing really quick, though, really quick, um, Goku or Superman? Huh? Who do you think is winning that fight? Goku or Superman? Yo, can I be honest with you? As a black man, I have never watched an episode of. Oh hell no! Don't say it, bro. No, don't say it. You never watched Dragon Ball? No. We need to get you on that, man. We need that's, never, that's, never. Yeah, yeah gotta get me you on that. <laughs> never. Like, listen, I'm, I'm, yo, I'm, I'm literally staring. I'm literally staring at it. I'm literally staring at my computer screen, and I'm about to watch um, Demon Slayer right now. I've been watching a lot of. Um, anime the last couple of years like i said inuash has been my one of my favorites um death note agame got kill um have you seen vinland saga yet not yet not yet peak. um peak <laughs> uh what's the uh, what's the what's the one with the giant the giants uh, attack on titan, titan. Titan. titan um yeah, man, I'm 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 getting there. I'm getting there, man. I'm I'm listen. I I take a lot of I take a lot of I take a lot of I I you know I'm one of those old people that listens to the young kids, man. So, you know, the kids tell me what what anime is to watch. I watch them and then we we compare and you know this way I can I I create you know I try to create a a, a communicative environment on a human level. You know what I mean? Because that's what we need. Because it's all about community. But oh yeah, right, man. Well, hey, again, thank you for tuning in for Rec Room Radio, everybody. Thanks for stopping by, Hazy. Appreciate you for helping me out, man. And once again, huge shout out to Slater. Thank you for joining us and being our first guest. But absolutely, man. Anytime. I'll be back yeah, here soon. We'll do. Hazy, you got any last saying words? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to put succinctly as I wanted to talk about the underpinnings of black struggles, but I believe that this was a productive conversation nevertheless. Oh, yeah. It has been an excellent contributor to the podcast. And uh hopefully we have you back on some other time soon yeah, potentially within the next episode. But until then, you've seen this in HD. Uh, I'm Hazy Dalex, and this is Recommend Radio. Ooh, that's smooth. That's smooth. Yeah. Slater, you're more than welcome back here, man. You're, you're the best. I want you know that. But Thank you, man. Hey. Anytime, man. Appreciate the conversation. And with that, we are offline.